Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In the meantime, you know, a couple of the things I heard, and I know you heard the same thing. Mark Whipple said that the offense didn't do so hot today. Uh, in fact, the defense really shined. Although, Casey Thompson told me off to the side that the offense did get the defense yesterday, so it sounds like they are kind of trading punches at this point. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, Honky, and I'm with Redcast Rob. Hey, I'd like to welcome everyone to tonight's show. And excuse me while I fanboy out a little bit because one of my favorite Husker uh, writers and and uh, just overall person who covers the Huskers, Aaron Sorensen, is is with us tonight as a co-host. So, um, yeah, pardon pardon my pardon my uh, fanboyisms. You're making everyone uncomfortable, Rob. But uh, I... <laughs> also with Boomer. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm just really not coming out with much juice today. I mean, sometimes that happens. Uh, I, I know I need to do better, and I'll, I'll try to take control from here on out. But we'll hope for the best. Okay. That, is that in reference to anyone there need more juice? or uh, No, no one in particular. So I, I, we'll probably get into that, though. So. Okay, probably will. Well, tonight we are joined by Erin Sorensen. Uh, she is the deputy editor at Hill Varsity, co-host of the Mind Your Own podcast, and a frequent guest of Chipotle Tweets. She's sticking to sports, except for when she's not. You can find her at hailvarsity.com and on Twitter at Aaron Sorensen. And that's with an E-N, not an O-N. And we learned that the hard way. The Redcast uh, had to redo a graphic there. So welcome to the Redcast, Aaron. Thank you. I will just point out that the S-E-N spelling of Sorensen is actually more, like, is the more, uh, I don't want to say popular. That's not the right word. But there are more S-E-Ns than S-O-Ns in the country. So, like, everyone, come on, get it together. Like, my name is, my name is The Way. <laughs> this is the get, way. Get it this together. is the That's way. Right. Get it together. <laughs> well, I think H O N K E is the only way I know how to spell honky. So I mean, that, there's, there's no other options for that. But uh, no, that's, well, that's very good. Yeah. Well, well yeah, there is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, before we get that. into all this great football, and we're going to talk about offense, which uh, in that intro video uh, we talked about, or you talked about offense and, and the defense kind of trading punches. But before we get to that, let's talk about a couple of our upcoming shows and to uh, thank our sponsors here. Uh, on Monday night, we're going to have Steve Sipple, uh, August 8th, 15th at 8 p.m. Uh, so uh, bring your questions to that, Redcasters. Uh, next up, uh, uh, something that's very near and dear to Aaron, uh, Hail Varsity. Go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe. Use promo code REDCAST and get $10 off your annual subscription. Uh, next up is Alumni Hall with two Lincoln locations, downtown and at South Point Pavilions. Uh, Redcasters, are you game ready? Alumni Hall carries the largest and best selection of official licensed Adidas gear for the Huskers. That includes sideline apparel such as coaches' polos, dry fit, shorts, visors, hats, sweatshirts, jackets, and more. And uh, Rob, I think you're wearing. I am. A- yeah, it's the sideline. It's actually the official sideline hat for the Huskers for the this year's Adidas line. Um, I also have a polo that I have not washed yet, um, which so this will make for really good podcast here. But um, 
I haven't washed it. I'm big on washing new clothes, but it's nice. It's the official sideline polo. So those watching can see it. Um, you can pick that one of those up at Alumni Hall. I love wearing it. And then you saw the Hawaiian shirt that I'm wearing in the in the picture that you throw up there. And that's probably my favorite one. And I'm plan on wearing that at the Georgia Southern game. So um, if they win that game, I may never take it off. Um, Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I've, I've never been to a game they've won. So. Yeah. Lovely again. Uh, FSE Edge. Are you looking to make a career change, Redcasters? Then FSE Edge is the place for you. Check out their available jobs today at www.jobs.fsc.com. And last but not least, Smack and Smooch custom shirts and specialty items. Shane and Laura are out there in Elwood. Find them at Smack and Smooch on Facebook and Twitter. And, and that's what I'm wearing right now, the, the Go Big Redcast shirt, wherever I can't figure out which way to go. But uh, anyway, so uh, great sponsors, Redcasters, go out there uh, and uh, shop at them all. Um, so back to the show. <laughs> As I mentioned, uh, before we get into, into football, I want to you know, talk a little bit, Aaron, just about you personally. What, what are you like? And, and one of the things you said is a frequent guest of Chipotle tweets. And I have to pull up your, your pin tweet here. My wife is a huge fan of Chipotle as well. So can you tell us a little bit of the history of this? Because at this point, this is a couple of years ago, but they were following one and it was you. It was. And I also, so <laughs> what happened is this was a few, yeah, a few years ago now, but they did a contest and they ran it on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know if they did it on, I think they did it on Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I think they did three of them. And um, you had to write a poem, essentially. And it was um, like whoever wrote a poem and then got the most amount of likes, shares, whatever it was, depending on the platform, would become the Chipotle Bay. And it wasn't just getting followed by them and becoming like everything, their entire world for a day on uh, whatever platform you want it on. You also won uh, Chipotle for a year. So I got a free burrito or whatever it was I wanted for an entire year. They sent a box and it was like just stacked with the free Chipotle cards. And there was even like, they even threw in things like free guac and all kinds of stuff. Like it was insane. And yeah, you could have technically, I guess, gone for like 52 straight days if you really wanted to. But I was like really intentional about using them one a week because I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to also die. So um, <laughs> I was going to say, that, there's a cleanse joke in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that, for you, right? Although <laughs> I did see a person one time who like, and good for them. I think like Chipotle sometimes can get like, it, it depends on what you get at Chipotle. But there was a uh, story one time about a person who like lost a ton of weight and they ate exclusively at chipotle and people were sending that to me left and right and it's like they also have salads and other things. it's not like it's just all um heavy 300 you know like i know the tortillas themselves are like 350 calories so like you mm. don't have to get a burrito every single time you go but uh yeah that was an amazing year and i still um obviously i still love chipotle i have loved chipotle since i was in high school so we are, I have been in like a committed relationship with Chipotle for like 16 years at this point. So it's like one of my longest relationships. Canoba's yeah. <laughs> never tried to muscle in or anything like that? Or... Um, I will say, so if anyone ever wonders about Aaron as an influencer, if you ever see me telling you, hey, go try this thing or do this thing, or if you ever see me post about anything, you can feel good that I am telling you sincerely that it's worth you trying 
because I actually have had Kidova reach out to do influencing deals with me before. And I've had, I haven't had to tell them no, but I have told them no, because I don't think that would be fair. And it's not because I don't think Kidova is great. It's just, if you know anything about me, you know that I love Chipotle. So I and you like, like to pay for your guac. And apparently. I love to pay for my guac. <laughs> um, look, I've done the math. It all actually balances out. Qdoba just builds it into your price point. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> food, food costing expert, Aaron. Yes. Um, but yeah, so if anyone's ever like, how should I trust anything you tell me? Well, I've literally turned down a deal with Qdoba because I was like, I just in good, good conscience can't do that because I love Chipotle too much. So I stand by I stand by what I share and had to turn down a Qdoba deal one time. Well, if you don't do the tortillas and you don't do rice, you can actually, from a Weight Watchers standpoint, because I use the WW app, um, it's like you can do like an eight point burrito on there, which is oh, yeah. basically what. So, I mean, it, it, you could literally lose weight by eating only Chipotle without actually losing it the way people think you do. Just avoid the hot salsa and and you're actually pretty good. <laughs> I will say the other opposite is there is the original Matt Slauson burrito. It was called the Slauson and you could order it at the Chipotle in downtown Lincoln. It's been a while since I've checked on it, but I do believe you still could technically go and order it. It's basically a supersized burrito. It's two tortillas placed next to each other. And then essentially they like wrap the whole thing. It's like a dual giant burrito. And it was called the Slauson for the longest time. Like I said, um, pretty sure. I I wonder if they still if they still know it. Yeah. But like a couple of years ago, I called them and they were like, "Yeah, if somebody asked for it, we're like aware of it." But it was only the downtown location. Yeah, they may have to like backdate some nil to him now. You know, if, they, if that uh, continues. <laughs> but um, you know, when we had Michael Severe on, if I let Rob go, uh, we talked for like the first fifteen minutes about Star Wars with him. And if I let Rob go, we'll be talking for fifteen more minutes about. Uh, oh, don't get me so started on Star Wars either like i could spend and talk about that for another like three hours too i'm re-watching the whole thing so like don't. Oh, uh, hockey like, finally watched it and, i think yeah come no, back and do a lunch cast with me sometime aaron and we can perfect. talk i mean you can you not see all of like the nerd stuff behind me like, yep Spider-Man okay we're moving on rob we're yeah. moving on because this will <laughs> look we could just sit here and we'll just spend some time talking about all my action figures though people are like signing out what is going on right now <laughs> our numbers are increasing as we go along so yeah, yeah maybe, maybe this is the way we should go yeah. this um, is the way wonder woman yes. <laughs> there you go. well redcasters as you're watching along if you have questions or comments for aaron or for us whoever just send them in mike's gonna uh, boomer's gonna be checking the back end there so uh you know send away but, uh, you know, as we talked about, let's start with uh, what happened today. And today was a, a practice day, a practice day where the media got to go and watch about 30 minutes of it, as we saw with uh, the video of uh, you and uh, Drake Keeler there talking about practice. The offense and the defense, they were trading punches. And uh, it was the 12th of 15 practices so far in fall camp. I guess, Aaron, just in general, what did you see out there today? And also, what did you kind of hear with, uh, with the press conferences afterwards? You know, it's funny uh, how we heard from Whipple and, you know, Casey Thompson after and Whipple had talked about how like the offense just didn't bring the juice today. Uh, it was really bizarre because like the vibes, at least in like the time that we were out there, you you couldn't get that sense. But at the same time, we are there in a very limited amount of time. So we're not we're not there through you know, probably some of the harder portions of practice, I would say. So you, you kind of miss some of the how they're feeling in those moments. So like, I have no doubt that like, if they're saying, 
yeah, we weren't, you know, it wasn't our best day. I, I believe it. Um, there's no reason for me not to, not to believe it, but I would say like the offensive coaches are really fiery. Um, uh, Donovan Rayola, like he curses a lot. And, um, <laughs> we were like, there's a lot that we can't use in videos. Now I'm not saying because like we are like, look, I don't care if like people are offended by curse words or not. That's not my point. It's just like YouTube flags certain words mm-hmm. and like, it would have been, that video would have been flagged to the high heavens if we would have like put a lot of what Donovan was yelling, like what he was yelling at his players. But like Applewhite is super fired up. Mickey Joseph is obviously very fired up. It was really interesting just kind of watching them work. I didn't get Hmm. to see the first open practice because I was in Chicago for Big Ten Volleyball Media Days. So for me, this is the first time I'm getting to see them in action on the field in that moment. And they definitely lived up to the hype of like what we've heard about them so far from the perspective of just their fiery personalities and the way that Mm -hmm. they coach. And then, you know, um, Scott Frost, he was, he spent a little time kind of watching the quarterbacks when we were there, but he spent a lot of time watching special teams, which we know has kind of been his like thing through fall camp right now is really observing special teams. So, um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so, there's a lot to dive into, but obviously I already hear the people who are like, it doesn't matter. None of it matters until a game. It's like, of course not. Of course that's what matters. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, it's, it's at least something to hopefully give us some insight into what this team can be. And um, it'll, it'll be interesting, I guess, to see, like I said, those coaches being so fiery to see that like translate into a game scenario. I I tweeted out a Twitter poll about an hour ago, and it was which which position group has you most excited? And of course, a couple at least we got one response that was like, none of them have me excited. You know, I'm terrified of this. And I go, okay, well, let's rephrase it. Which one makes you want to dry heave the least with two weeks left until you know the first game? And then then they responded. But um, yeah, I mean, some people right now they're they're, they they're in prove it mode. That I I get it. Um, I thought was you had a couple good tweets here today, and one of them was the. uh, the scoreboard of uh you know they always do testing i got uh, mansplained on that by the way oh really (laughs) yeah a person was like you know oh a one point safety but you can only have that if it's on an extra you know on an extra point blah 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 blah. and i'm like i I know like i'm not i'm not tweeting this because it's like real like (laughs) they're obviously testing the scoreboard come on here (laughs) (laughs) god almighty at first i thought i was like wow they started a baseball season already like <laughs> well this is like the second time they've done so the last one i shared and i was sitting in the press box because they're what they're doing for anyone who's like what the heck is going on is they're just running the scoreboards through yeah. a bunch of scenarios with the the game coming up and so I had seen somebody who was like, are they going to do this for Northwestern? It's like, no, because they're running through the very first home game. And I'd have to see what was it. They had something where it was like just an insane amount of yardage for Nebraska, like for Nebraska, but they Nebraska only had a touchdown <laughs> and people were just like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, look, look, it's going to be fine. Maybe. I don't know. It should be fine. <laughs> Well, they were in this photo. They were testing out the scoreboard when we were there for the spring game. I mean, they test yeah. out the scoreboard almost it's, daily for yeah, the on anything. It seems like Nebraska was leading uh, North Dakota seven to three with twelve fourteen to go in the first quarter. And um, let's see, Nebraska had three hundred and seventy five rushing yards and only one touchdown, according to the scoreboard. So people were like, 
what is happening on and i'm like they're just running through everything it's just like it's it's electronics people we 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 do testing of of stream yard for a a podcast of course they're probably going to do husker vision too right um we're gonna they can have fun with it oh yeah well we're gonna get to um position groups when we talk about the offense in a little bit but just in general kind of staying on the, the practice side of things you talked about the coaches and there's changes really across this offensive side with the coaching staff and you mentioned some of the personalities there, Rayola and, and mm-hmm. Applewhite and everything. Do you have any comparisons how you would compare Rayola in terms of um, how he interacts with his linemen versus, say, Austin a year ago or, you know, Applewhite versus Held? Anything stand out where this guy is a, you know, a polar opposite from his predecessor, anything like that? So I would say we'll start here. Like Brian Applewhite, again, like, and I'm not comparing the individual people because I always say like people are, you know, again, they're human. Like we were talking Mm -hmm. before we started this podcast. And so I I don't want to take away from like the fact that these are very real people, Um, Mm -hmm. but just personality wise, um, I would say Brian Applewhite is, uh, is much more fiery than Ryan Held, and take that for what it is or what it's not. Like you might like Mm. that or you might not. So that's why I'm saying like, I'd want to be careful in how I like, but I would just say like, they're just, he's very, um, like I, I shared a video on my TikTok, like I, of like today's office and the video of me, when I turned the camera around from myself to what I was looking at cracks me up because Brian Applewhite is like storming through yelling at Emma Johnson. Like he's just yelling at him. He's like, get lower. And he's just, you can tell he's so frustrated because Emmett is staying too high. And he's like, you have to. And so you just see him kind of storm by. And then you see somebody kind of like, like not waddle, but kind of like waddle back behind him. And then there's another person like waiting for like the drill to start and just like kind of listening to him. You can just tell he's a very, very fiery individual. And that's not to say that like, Ryan Held wasn't fired up. It's just a different, like the way that he kind of operates in that mm-hmm. moment is just a little different um, as far as like, just he's very loud and very like, like I said, he's just not afraid to say like what is on his mind in that moment. Mm-hmm. And like kind of to go back to like what Whipple said, where he was like, they were tired of getting yelled at. Well, that's a good example of that. Like he was like, in that moment, Apple was like having no issue yelling at the players about what they need to be doing differently. And Mickey Joseph is not like that type of like fiery. He is very like motivational is probably how I would say that. Um, He is just a, I don't know. He's just got a very like motivational presence about him, if you will. And he, you know, that was definitely the group as I was watching them that was doing more, I would say like celebrating in like moments when things happen that went well is that was sort of his group. And then, I would say with the offensive line, oh my gosh, I'm going to make some people really nervous by saying this. I actually think Rayola and Greg Austin are very similar in how they Mm -hmm. approach their practice styles. Like just in the way that like they're like Greg Austin was very, very fiery as well. He also was like a, the kind of cursing go at them. Like I would remember Greg Austin walking down the hallway between the Hawks championship center and Memorial stadium there's these big metal beams and he would slam his hands on them. And I'm like, how is he not breaking his hand? Like he's just slamming his hand as he's walking by. But like, that's just like what, like his personality is, is just a really big, bold personality. And I think Rayola is like that as well. I haven't seen him smack his hand onto a metal, you know, beam yet, Mm -hmm. but if he did, I guess I wouldn't be overly surprised. So from an offensive line standpoint, I kind of think like that room is, you know, it's the same kind of fiery personality maybe there 
but again, it's, it's what you're hoping for is that the coaching style and like what they're teaching ultimately has different results despite how maybe their personalities are. But, uh, yeah, I, like, I just can feel some like offensive, like the people who are scared of the offensive line, like groaning and being like, Oh my gosh, what, why? But I do think Rayola was the one that did come in with a lot of question marks for people. So like for what it's worth that, you know, I think the question marks continue and that is a fair position group to say mm-hmm. it's all talk until you see it. Well, and, and Thompson today kind of called out some of the guys on the offense saying we need more vocal guys. We need more leaders like that. And that's a, that's an area on the offensive line. We need some guys that are, that are going to get on each other's asses for things. If you're making mistakes, if you're, and we made plenty of them last year on the O-line. And so, you know, I, I partially asked the question because I been to coaches clinics from Solich all the way up to the frost years during the, the springtime. And so, I, I would always, you know, when we would make coaching changes, you would, you could kind of see how does, how did the Solich staff work with the players versus how did the Callahan one, how did the Pliny one, how, you know, and, and throughout. And there's always, there's little changes in some cases. There's a big changes in other cases too. Um, it was just, it's kind of interesting to, to hear how this coaching staff, especially on the offensive side, which is what we're focusing tonight on how, how that is going. Yeah, there it like I actually kind of thought about it after we left. Like I don't think I like honestly noticed Sean Becton, Sean Becton today. And I don't say that as like a negative toward him. I think he's very set and solid in who he is as a coach. And obviously Scott in the changes um, respected him and wanted him to stay, recognize what he has done with that group. I watched the tight ends. It's just Sean Becton's not your like, he is not a fiery guy. He is not the mm. one who's out there yelling obscenities and screaming and all that stuff. That's just not how he, how he works. But I realized like after we left practice, I was like, I really didn't even like have a visual on Sean Becton knew he was there. Just never really like noticed him. Whereas like, if you were watching other position groups, like mm. I said, like offensive line running back, especially uh wide receiver, you were aware of where their position coaches were in those moments. Mm. It was like, Oh, there's Rayola. Oh, there's Brian Applewhite. Like it was just, it's very different. And so like, needless to say, Sean Becton's style of coaching is very different than I would say the rest of his offensive uh, counterparts. Mm -hmm. But you are right, by the way, I think the offensive line and what Casey Thompson was really kind of getting at is when they talk about that defensive leadership versus that offensive leadership, I think they're looking at guys like Garrett Nelson and O'Shawn Mathis, and they're looking at them and kind of going like the defense has so many, leaders on it and that's not surprising it's not surprising to me that the defense is so leader focused and has so many of those players but if you are if you are Casey Thompson and you're on the other side and you're kind of watching that and you're like we need that you really want one of those leaders to be on the offensive line of all places like that Mm -hmm. is the place that you want them and like I will be very interested to see who steps up or maybe doesn't step up on that offensive line as Mm. far as like because I think of like a guy like Turner Corcoran now he was out he was not practicing today and we don't know specifics on that but like if all is well and he is able to play I imagine him to be somebody who could get himself pretty fiery but you need that like I don't know it's just we we haven't seen that like fiery kind of like like, it's and it's not that like Teddy Prochuska is not a leader it's not saying that he's not it's just like I Mm. think what they're asking for is kind of that Garrett Nelson approach and you can't force that on someone but it's definitely something that I think is missing on the offensive side of the ball at least more widespread and I I, that was my interpretation of what Casey was saying is like we need more we need to be able to compete with the other side of the ball we need more of that 
Yeah, and Jurgens kind of was that on the O line a year ago, and or the closest thing that we had to it. And you know, we've lost him. Um, Rob, you were going to say something there. Yeah, I was just wondering if some of the questions that I had on that is, do you think that that's because of the fact that there's almost an entirely new offensive staff going on there, plus the new quarterback who's supposed to be the the vocal leader, which obviously he is. So maybe we're seeing that evolution right now, but then all the running backs, right? The running back room is still kind of up and up in the air. So is the wide receiver room up in the air. Uh, the offensive line is up in the air. Um, you were talking about the tight ends coach. And it's funny because I talked to Chancellor Brewington a couple months ago and he loved the coach and he just liked the relationship that they had. And, and absolutely just, I mean, adore might be a bad word to use, but no, they he, he felt like somebody. he felt like he had a, he, yeah, he felt like he had like really good, like almost like a father-like relationship with him in, in the conversation that I had. So I wasn't too worried about that position and maybe he's not too worried about his position group either on that side. But are, do you get the feeling like who, who, if you had to pick somebody, like who would you think might be that person? Well, we now know that Travis Vokalek and we did watch him a little bit, I should say at the beginning of practice, like when they do the like um, kind of like team grouping, they come together, they clap, they do the perfect jumping jack, that whole drill um, lot, like every year that, that, that kind of evolves, he was the person. And I was actually really surprised because where I've seen it in the past, it's Garrett Nelson. And I looked over and it was Travis Vokalek today. So that was really interesting to me that Travis was the one leading that. Um, I'm guessing they probably switch around or they're trying to, especially as they're establishing these, what I'm assuming will be end up being captains. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett, well, I, I'm like pretty positive Garrett Nelson is a captain this year. Wouldn't be shocked if uh, Travis Vokalek is a captain as well. Wow. Um, but like, Here's here's the thing, and I'm going to go back to last season, and I've, I said this a lot about Adrian Martinez, and I have the utmost amount of respect for Adrian, but the one thing I always said about him is that he, his, that, like, fire you needed came out in moments. It wasn't something that, like, he switched on and that's who he was from the get-go. Like, I, like there are certain moments where you saw, for instance, when he ran that one touchdown in against Colorado – at Colorado and you saw him just like he you saw him like that moment and it was like oh you you probably imagine that's what an out-of-body experience probably felt like for Adrian was like how amped up he got in that moment that was not his like working state like he was very level and so like to get to that point where he is so firing he's yelling and he's fired up like something had to happen to kind of get him into that place. And I think you're seeing that a little bit still with this offense as a whole mm. is there are players who kind of need something to happen to get them super like in that moment that get them super amped up. And I think what you're hearing Casey and then Travis um, and I, I think he said it was what Turner Corcoran. I'm looking at the, yeah, it was him, Travis and Turner, what they're asking for is they need more of like the immediate switch with that where I'm like, here's the thing about Casey Thompson that I I've kind of gathered. So I, I had a chance to talk to him just one-on-one -on -one today for a moment. He is constantly in a zone. Like he is like for better or worse. I just want to say like people, it's one of those things where people, if you're doing well, people are going to applaud you for it. If you're doing poorly, they're going to come after you for it. But you can tell his mind is like, like, he's, he's not really a hundred percent. Like he, he's, he's so focused on the football and he's so focused on like what he needs to do to improve the team that like small talk is like 
his mind is like not there. Like, he's just like, cool. I'm not really interested in the small talk. I really just want to be here to talk football. And then I'm going to go watch some film. That's like, he'd his... hate me. What? He'd hate me. Yeah. Oh, well, he... a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, do you want to talk about star Wars? And he's like, I want to get to the film room. Um, but like, he's asking for more of that. And that is, that is a, like, the easiest way for me to say this is when like Scott Frost has said in the past that like he wishes he could have a team of Garrett Nelson's. I get it. If you had a team of guys who are just so like, they're just, well, there would be challenges with that as well. I want to just point that out, but there would be something about like, you'd feel like everyone is bought into a certain degree. Everyone is so fired up. You know, every single play there, what you're going to like, you're going to get 110% of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the offense is asking for is like, we want, we want that and we want more of it. And I don't think Nebraska's offense has had a ton of those. Like you said, they've, they've had the cam Jurgens, but like name, name more of those players yeah on the especially <laughs> on the o-line you're, you're you're going back to you know richie incognito and guys like that i mean you're going back a long ways to really get some of those really fiery guys i i think what was interesting is that the names that are being brought up whether it's on offense or defense it's guys that are really secure in their position right now mm-hmm. vocalek he's the starter right you know thompson it's pretty clear he's the starter those defensive guys and on offense especially at those wide receiver and running back positions where uh, we're going to get to a depth chart here, and I hate the word or, and I'm throwing or all over it because I'm like, you know, so when you have such a battle going on, I wonder if that's one of those, the byproducts of it is you're not getting some of the vocal from guys. You're just, those guys are concentrating. They're trying to get every rep right. They're just trying to win a position, but you need, you need the vocalness too. It's also a personality thing. Cause I'm just going to say like Ramir Johnson is just not like that. Mm. He is, he is just a more quiet individual and I, there's nothing wrong with being quiet. Um, but like, I think of like my experience with, I would say out of like looking at the four running backs that we kind of have at the top of the depth chart right now between Ramir, Anthony Grant, Yant, Gabe Irvin Jr. Like Yant's might be like yant might be the one where like i feel like has the most fire and like to your point at that same time he's probably not yet in a position to be that person for that group yet or at least doesn't feel he is now somebody could argue well if he just acted that way maybe it would move him up the depth chart blah 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 blah. and like there's so many arguments that are fair to be made um but i'm just saying like he's like he i could also see him being like i'm not at a place to be, you know, that loud person. I just need to keep my head down and get to work and get, you know, get better so that I can keep moving and climbing and getting time. But like, I could also be completely misreading that situation, but I'm just saying out of those four, for instance, of just who I said, when I think about the conversations that we've had with them, Yant is probably the most, I don't want to even say like, he's not even really like loud, but I'm just saying like the most like, personality driven of that group Mm -hmm. and that like more like willing to kind of show his personality is what I'm I'm meaning by that it it's just like I'm looking at like the depth chart that you sent me that you're working off of and I'm looking at the names on here and I (laughs) the cat does have an opinion by the way I was hearing the cat I just like I'm kind of like trying to think like who on here has kind of that edge and yeah, like obviously, like we said, we know Casey Thompson, Turner Corcoran, and Travis Vokalek are kind of like 
those three initially. I would say Trey Palmer has the potential to have that edge. Um, but of the other like offensive linemen, I'm just like not completely sure. Yeah. Like we we, we, talk, we talked Rob talked with Keith Williams back in February, and he's Evan. one of those guys that at least at least from the, the toughness and the and the you know just the swagger and everything he brings that. I don't know from a practice standpoint how vocal and loud he is with it, but he you know. We just need more guys like that. It's one of the reasons I always want the fullback position brought back to those guys tended to be somebody that would uh, fill one of those roles, but. Um, okay. But, uh, here's, here's maybe like, I'm going to bring volleyball into this really quick um, because I have a point, but it's the best way I can explain it. Like I think of like someone like Lauren Stiverns, you stood in Lauren Stiverns presence and you immediately were like, I would not want to be on the other side of the net from her. Like, standing on the other side of the net would be, would end badly for me. Mm. And it wasn't even like, you didn't even have to see her play to know that you just got that sense. You felt it when you were in her presence. Like this person is really good. That is an attitude. And like, I think you're right. I think a lot of these players on this team have kind of that, that like, you know, you see them and they're like, okay, that, you know, they're, they're, they've got kind of that swagger to them, if you will, or that like kind of a little bit of an attitude, but like, how does that attitude translate to like, when you're standing near them, do you have that sense in that moment of like, this person is like, I would hate to be on the other side. I think that's maybe what we're looking for is kind of that, like that it's, as I'm kind of talking this through, it's like almost a confidence, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's just being like, and so it probably goes back to what you're even saying of like, Hey, the people who are being the loudest and are being the most vocal are the ones who feel very confident in where they're at. They're confident in their position. So they're confident in being that person but mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like that is honestly the hardest thing to coach is attitude and confidence and belief that you should be there. And when we talk about the importance of knowing how to win, like there's legitimacy in that. <laughs> like there is legitimacy in like when teams have not won in a long time, it's really hard to teach that winning attitude because you kind of almost have to experience it. So then you're like, how do you get yourself into that? Yeah, the chicken and the egg, you know, what yeah, has to come chicken first. chicken and the egg, who comes so, first? And... Somewhere it has to. Hey, Redcasters. I know the economy has been tough. And are you looking for a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive, stable history of over 20 years? What is FSC Edge, a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies, expert services, helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. And they support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the United States and Europe. You can work with fun people with great attitudes, learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer facing. You can dress just like me right now in your Husker tank top and your Go Big Redcast hat. And you can work in a new environment with over $2 million in improvements job also comes with excellent benefits go check out available jobs today at www.jobsandfsc.com well we're going to get to a scoring explosion and and go through the the offense but before we do last tweet i want to show is um we saw option <laughs> there's some option out there and um, this makes this makes honky very happy because uh that is something that uh um I've kind of said all off season and I'm not the only one saying it, but that I am a big believer in that we have some really good offensive minds on the, on the staff. I think Whipple is an absolute great offensive mind. I, I think we would lose something over the off season if there wasn't 
trying to take some of the best of what Frost does, some of the best of what the different coaches, I mean, what, what Rayola brings from the, the blocking standpoint and, and, you know, Applewhite's coming from TCU. There's a lot of unique backgrounds and of course, Mickey Joseph in there too. So, you know, we saw some quarterback run on just some of the videos we saw. What did you see uh, watching practice? We did. We did see option. And I kind of knew I was like, Oh, people are going to be very, <laughs> very excited about that because like I'm just looking at uh we our observations from practice but uh Drake Keeler actually noted this that we saw a variety of option plays that included the triple option early mm-hmm. on in like the practice uh some mixed they mixed in some sweep handoffs that were like to the wide receivers um yeah like I I think it it basically what we now know and we kind of you know Frost has said this where he's like you know it's it's Whipple's it's his it's his show to run, but mm. like, obviously Whipple wasn't running uh, the, the option at Pittsburgh. Um, that just wasn't really like his style there. Like that. He, mm. It wasn't like what he was trying to do. So then you're like, yes, it is Whipple's to run, but obviously Frost has influence or through mm. whatever these conversations that they're having with each other that we know that they're sitting down and, you know, chit chatting. Mm. Um, obviously they've talked about the triple option and they've, you know, well, they well, talked is, about what the Huskers did last year and maybe where they were successful yeah. previously. <laughs> that, that is, that's my theory. The entire off season is that I expect Frost to be very involved with the offense throughout the entire off season, creating the X's and O's, creating the playbook, getting the verbiage together. I, I expect Frost to be very involved with that. I expect Frost to be very involved from Sunday to Friday with game planning. That's mm-hmm. part of his job where he needs what he needs to be able to do, though, is on Saturday. That's where you've got to be able to let Whipple be Whipple. We can't the second they line up in four defensive linemen like Illinois did last year. We can't just say, oh, take the take the ear, you know, the headset back from from uh, Lubick. You can't do that. You know, you got to let the guy be the be the OC on Saturday. But I expect for us to be very involved the rest of the time with, with all the other parts of, of the offense. I do, but I do think also in like the preparation where he also is probably needing and has probably seen his role or what we assume to see his role shift Mm -hmm. through this fall. I guess this is what we're asking and kind of we'll see it is yes, on Saturday, if things go sideways, is is he able to step back and be in that CEO CEO Mm -hmm. role and allow his coordinators to handle it? He lets he obviously lets Shenander handle things when things are going all different directions and figure it out. So does he allow Whipple then to do that? Mm-hmm. The other piece though that will be really interesting for me is can he like obviously again, they're sitting down, we know this, they're having conversations. He's a part of the like the planning. He's a part of the, hey, I've got some ideas. Let me bounce this off of you. Like there's nothing, I don't think, you know, that that was ever in question that he shouldn't be allowed to do that or that not be allowed. It's his team. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, but my point is like, let's say hypothetically, Casey Thompson has a terrible game and Frost is like, we should give Chubba Purdy a chance. And Whipple's like, no no Casey's the guy like no I'm not I don't want to mess like does he say okay understood or does he say it's my team I want to see like that's the part too where I think people are really interested to kind of see how he also reacts throughout the week of like does he then just say you're right this is your offense to run 
this is my perspective. Let me tell you why I think you should listen to what I'm saying, or let me give my pers- like my feedback on that. But if Whipple or any coach says, nope, like I hear you, but this is not how I want to run it. This is what I'm going to do. Does he go understood that that's your decision to make. That's going to be the really interesting one. And he kind of alluded to that when he said, you know, I probably needed to stay out of some of these decisions and I needed to, Mm -hmm. I need to kind of back off of some of these things. I think that was him saying, got it. Like I was probably too in the weeds on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a great point there. Rob, you got something? Well, I'm also wondering too, it's, it's, I mean, you remember at Big Ten Media Days and, and Coach Fitz was like, yeah, send us all the videos, send everything. <laughs> right, well, I was like, and, let us in, come and, on. Well, okay, so how much of them run, showing the showing show? Like they can cut that video however they want to cut it. And they were very, very big about like running like the, the option and they ran, um, you know, the quarterback draw. And I mean, they, they showed all these plays that like we're used to seeing, right? Swing pass. So my, my, I'm wondering how much of that too is to maybe even just give Northwestern because you know they're going to look at it, um, just see that you know how much is that to give them get in their heads as well because it's you know it's only two weeks away two weeks people two weeks I know I, know. I here's the thing like they're not going to make it easy on Northwestern the reality is if you are Pat Fitzgerald and you're in Northwestern what you are doing right now is you are studying. Nebraska's 2021 film and you're studying Pitt's 2021 film. Mm-hmm. You are having to study two teams. Even if you're like, we're confident Nebraska might run the option against us. Like even then you also don't know if Nebraska is going to show up and completely abandon the option and go for everything that, you know, you're going to make coffee doing. cry, but yeah, everybody who's like, here's the deal. I just need to point this out. I had this conversation this week because Nebraska football on September 3rd kicks off at 2.30. Volleyball plays at 7. And I was trying to decide how likely that game will be anything, like if that game could possibly be less than four hours. And I was like, if you're a run-the-ball type of person, you're like, heck yeah, let's go, because that game you know, could run by pretty fast. My fear is run-the-ball guy and gal – are going to see a lot of uh, passes. <laughs> well, let's make we're them all compl- going to be at Memorial Stadium for six hours every <laughs> let's Saturday. Make let's make them complete passes then that take the clock, uh, you know, get, exactly. keep the as clock going. Exactly. As long as the That's passes are complete, we're fine. We're fine. We're well, fine. Boomer, Boomer, do we have – I've seen a bunch of comments coming in. I'm not reading them. So do we have any good questions or comments before we get into the scoring explosion? And let's get through the, uh, through the position groups. Yeah, there's lots of different questions here. Some of them are uh, position-related, so I'll kind of save those for when we get to those okay. you know, specific opinions. Uh, you know, One from uh, listener Abby Harris, uh, whose personality among the new coaches has been the most surprising? Brian Applewhite. <laughs> His for <laughs> sure. I don't know why. Like, I'm not say- – like, seeing him – for me seeing him in action today his press conference demeanor is so different than his on-field demeanor and I don't know what it was but I'm standing there and I'm like who is this guy like who is like this person that I'm watching and it's so, not, so it explain like, that explain that to the Redcasters what what is his personality like in the press conference versus versus what you saw yeah, in press conferences, he's just super even keel. He's cr- cracking mm. jokes. He's just like he's explaining, you know, he's explaining things very level, and um, like you kind of just are like, like I would say, there are certain people in press conference settings where like they're almost like 
Okay. Memorable people in uh, press conference settings is a Mario Redusco. Everyone, everyone knew when Mario was talking, but even Mickey Joseph, like Mickey Joseph is the one where like we post his videos on YouTube and people like lose their minds. Cause they're like, this guy's amazing. Um, this was the first week where I saw some of that a little bit with Brian Applewhite too, where people like really picked up on his videos and were like, really like it was almost like kind of a shift in some ways which I found really interesting but then seeing him in person now I understand players who have you know played for him people who have worked with him before probably are going like none of this is a surprise but for somebody we didn't get to watch any practice in the spring obviously the spring game presents a very different like observation point actually getting to stand like six feet from him and watch him in action and watch how he like worked I'm like this is a like he when we talk about turning that like person like that fiery personality on this is a person who knows how to do that so if that gives you any kind of like maybe hope with the running backs and how they'll kind of evolve with somebody like that he definitely knows like when I'm at you know when I'm at the podium and I'm talking this is like my vibe this is how I'm approaching that and the second that he's on that practice field it is like a light bulb it's completely different Hmm. so it it stood out to me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it it seems like too the um when just from the video and watching the the different videos and everything, it seems like um he definitely has a different. You're right about like the personality wise, but you can you can tell. Be, but his players love him, so there's obviously mm-hmm. a reason why. Like he builds that trust to the point where it almost seems like okay, that makes sense how he can get away with that on the field and not. You know, and even today in the press conference seemed a little bit different. He was much shorter and it almost was kind of like the don't talk to me, talk to talk to somebody else about this sort of. Well, that was Mickey Joseph today. Mm -hmm. who was like that. Brian. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mickey Joseph is also somebody where I would say Mickey Joseph's uh, press conference personality matches his on the field personality. Like they make a lot of sense to like to with one another, because like Mm -hmm. he like my my favorite thing that he did today. And I have to say, like. I love like discovering people's personalities when they have like a dry humor or dry wit to them. And like, you know, (laughs) the, one of the very first questions Mickey Joseph got asked was about Trey Palmer. He wasn't out on the field. And so he was like, Hey, where was Trey, Trey Palmer? He's like, he wasn't out there or what, where was he? (laughs) I didn't even like, and he starts like looking around. He's like, I didn't realize he wasn't out there. Oh no, no. He just wasn't feeling well this morning. And so it was just kind of Hmm. funny how he like, played into it and was kind of making a joke of it and i really appreciated i appreciate a good sarcastic uh wit and so that was that was uh pretty pretty good and like i said that match matches in my opinion what you see from him on yeah. the practice twitter, twitter handled all that really well too i mean with that because obviously he was 100 percent serious the entire time and, you know. <laughs> well, twitter's known for being able to parse sarcasm versus you know well, yes. and, and you know and yeah. and nobody ever overreacts on there too so it's always a good way to get a read on what's reasonable yeah yeah so good well let's move on here and uh we'll go to the scoring explosion uh our offensive breakdown and we're going to go position by position group here and we showed this a little bit earlier the depth chart and this is just the Redcast depth chart, and I had a chance to share it with you earlier today, Aaron, so you could look over it. And we probably got some things right, and I'm sure there's people pulling their hair out saying, you know, why, why do you have this guy here and there and, and all that. The word I hate as much as anything on these is or, and if you look at the running back position, I have ors all over it. I, I just didn't know what to do with, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ramir and, and Grant. And then somebody will say, hey, Irvin's coming up and doing great. And I'm, he is, and, and Yant has strengths that he can do too. And, 
those wide receivers, they're going to be interchangeable in a lot of cases. So I don't even know it matters who's first string versus second. But um, uh, I guess your first initial thoughts as you, as I sent this to you and you had a chance to look it over, uh, anything, you know, step out the, off the page to you? Um, no, I think you have the first team offensive line pretty much locked in. Although I would say um, the one person to kind of keep an eye on is Kevin Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what we've been hearing, he's been he's been doing really well, um, just kind of making a case for himself. So he's somebody where would I say he would unseat any of those players right now? Probably not. But knowing that, like, for instance, Turner Corcoran was out, uh, could that be, you know, what could that mean for mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Williams? So that's one that's one that's pretty interesting. Um, quarterback, we obviously know that's what it is because Whipple told us as much. I mean, we've now heard it from several people, <laughs> including Frost. It's Casey Thompson's job to lose. But Whipple pretty much said Purdy is taking snaps with the ones alongside Casey. So we know they're one and two and that Logan Smother is essentially, is essentially QB three at this point. But you're pretty much right with the, like with the or situation with the running backs. Obviously, we've heard that. Anthony Grant is pretty much starting to like just build, like just climb that depth chart. So he may be one who gets himself without a, without an oar, which would be a great news for run the ball people. Because what is the one thing so many Husker fans have asked for not to have like the, the constant rotation of running backs every week. Yeah. Yeah, You want to find that one person who you can really rely on and can build trust and just, like I said, like that's what you want to find. Uh, Grant definitely seems like he's up there, but we've also heard a lot of great things about, you know, from Gabe Irvin, from Yant, um, Ramir Johnson's in there too, but we also mm-hmm. saw Ramir Johnson um, working a bit with the wide receivers, mm-hmm. which was interesting. So then you kind of are like, what does that ultimately mean? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think uh, when you're looking at your wide receivers, Trey Palmer, Omar Manning, Marcus Washington, I think those are easily from everything we've seen top top um Oliver Martin's name has gotten mentioned quite a bit up there the one thing he needs to do is stay healthy that is going to mm-hmm. be incredibly important for him um yeah I mean I think I think everybody's pretty much like I I wouldn't swap any of these people out the question I think just becomes in some of these groupings is like in for instance in the wide receiver spot does anyone does anyone get themselves off a second team and move on to first team and move somebody, you know, move somebody down? I really could go honestly either way on some players right now. So mm-hmm. what do some of these guys look like from a size standpoint? Because like Gabe Irvin, I've heard uh, one of his biggest issues, if if we want to call it that, was that he was never like a big guy. He wasn't, he didn't look like the kind of guy that could, you know, squat, you know, what everyone else is squatting in the weight room, but that he's put a lot of focus on that this year. Um, mm-hmm. And that he is also really, really quick. So he's never really been kind of a between the tackle guys, but maybe with Whipple's offense, you might see him a little bit more on third down because he has pretty decent hands and, and is kind of making that transition with the team and kind of, and showing some of that, like what, what do you see from guys like him in, in that respect? I think Gabe Irvin, when he talked with the media the other day, I think people kind of noticed like he I, I think we've seen a lot of players like Irvin Yant really kind of change their change themselves physically, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, what we know is that Gabe Irvin has added about 10 pounds uh, to his frame. He does look it. He does look like he has added some weight. Um 
that obviously, you know, he's had to come back from injury. He's had to, he's had to make some moves for himself, but like, it's just little things like that discipline. Like I think of Yant, Yant does look more um, like he does when he talked about, like, I feel better than I ever have. Like he obviously the lesson here is cut out the fast food and all the raising canes. Like, so like for me, I guess I'll get the best physical shape of my life if I just stop eating fast food. Um, but I, I think you're seeing a lot of these players start to, I don't know, maybe it's always so hard when players come in when they're freshmen or even that second year, like as they're kind of finding their way. And I think you're starting to see some of these players kind of find what's important to them, put the work in as a result. Um, and so, yes, Gabe Irvin, when we saw him in person, he, he looks like he has changed his, his physique, at least. What does that mean? How does it translate? Mm. But you on the same, mean good things. <laughs> on the same kind of note, too, the offensive line, I've heard, too, that and, – and, again, I don't get to see these people, and I'm asking you these questions because you got to see them, like, literally stand in front of them today. Mm-hmm. The offensive linemen, are they looking like offensive linemen, or are they, like, looking like – like, are they carrying their weight in the places that you want to see them, like upper body, lower body, not middle body type you, of stuff? You were asking this last week, Rob, like, you mean like leaner, less gut? Like leaner, more. yeah, like less gut, more muscle and, and strength. Are they starting to look like that or, or how are they How are they looking? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a very random story. But um, when I went to the Peach Bowl in 2000 and that would have been 17 when Frost and UCF went to play Auburn. And this, like, this was my, okay. So, it, like, I, I've talked with so many former Central Florida players about that Auburn team because I remember when they walked on the field, even UCF's players were like, oh, God, like, what the heck? Um, Auburn's, like, line, linemen on offense and defense were huge like giant humans they walked past me and I'm like I've never seen a person this large like this is a big human um I would say where Nebraska has I would say Nebraska has started to where the like to what you're asking yes I would say um the offensive linemen are much more like like yes they are they are slimming down in like the ways that you want them to I think for me I'm not yet at a place where I would say like the reaction I have to them is the reaction I had to Auburn when Mm -hmm. Auburn walked on that field at the 2017 Peach Bowl where I'm like oh my god (laughs) um (laughs) and to be fair when we look at other and I've actually done this and I need to do it again I have compared the size of Nebraska's lines to other lines in the Big Ten, like Ohio State, Wisconsin. And Nebraska's not that far off, but Nebraska's still a little undersized. Like when you take the height and you take the weight and you just kind of do the like general comparison of the starting lineup versus the others that they're playing, Mm -hmm. Nebraska against the Ohio State, Wisconsin, kind of these, you know, the blue bloods of the Big Ten is still just a tad under. And I'm talking like, here's the thing. It's not significant. We're talking like five pounds. Like it's not yeah. anything wild, but it is enough to make a difference. So I think we're now, I think what you need to see that this offensive line in, you know, even the defensive line too. And I do think you're seeing it because I see people's reaction to certain players. They see these edge guys, for instance, like Garrett Nelson. And they're like, oh my gosh, he is, he's, he's like changed his physique. O'Shawn Mathis, very similar. Um, so now when you're taking that lens and taking it to the mm-hmm. offensive line, now what they need to do is they need to just get stronger 
like that is my just gut like reaction is like they've got to be even stronger than they are and that's not to say they're not very strong now mm. i that's just an area where i think they they are still working toward is that root that strength like yeah okay. it's not a lack of height for sure when you have no when you have Prohaska <laughs> at 610 and you've got Benard at 69 i mean they're big tall dudes it's it's some of that girth, I guess you're kind of talking about. The- but they're almost, like they're almost said, bigger not- than the starting five of the basketball team. I know. Well, it's not crazy. the kind of like weight that you want them to put on where it's like, you don't like, and that's what Duvall and, and the strength hmm. and conditioning staff is trying their best to address with all of these players is you want them to put on healthy weight. You want them to put hmm. on weight where it turns into muscle and it's strength. It's not just size for the sake of size. And hmm. I think that's kind of where, um, I think that's some like that's an area where the offensive line is still working toward that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's not to say that they're not in a better spot than they were in the past. I'm just saying that's just an observation that I've had. I, I am always very like tuned into like how people react. And so I've been watching how people react to like, say Nebraska's defensive line and how that group has changed their physique. And I haven't heard quite the same reaction from fans when it comes to like the offensive line. So that is mm-hmm. still an area of improvement. And I don't think anyone at Nebraska would like get mad at me for saying no. that. Like that the, is an area that they will continue to work on. <laughs> the the first coaches clinic that I went to under Frost, so the 2018 one, they had Duvall was the first coach to talk. Normally it's some assistant coach, a coordinator or something. No, he wanted his strength coach to come out right away and kind of set the culture. We'll use that word, set the culture that strength and conditioning is important. And, and who's the first person that uh, Duvall shows? He shows four photos of Cleo Mack at the university of Buffalo mm-hmm. as a freshman, sophomore, junior, and, and senior. Now, before Redcasters go off the Kool-Aid, you know, charts with, I would say the development of Garrett Nelson from a physical standpoint, there are traces of what they've done physically with, with him and what they did with Khalil Mack at Buffalo. I'm not saying he's going to be Khalil Mack. I'm not making that comparison. I'm just saying just pure development. Nelson is a completely different physical being right now than he was four years ago when he came here. That's what we saw with Khalil Mack going through the, the transition, the phases from freshman all the way through through senior. Um, offensive line is a whole different beast. I mean, when you're six foot nine and six foot ten, you can gain twenty pounds and not even see it on a guy that that big. You know, it's it's those guys are just there's some there's some big human beings, tall guys. But let's get into the actual position groups here. Let's start with a uh, quarterback. And as we talk about that, I'm going to have uh, some of the practice go- running. <laughs> I appreciate back. the people who are just trolling that are like, you fit like what you just said is I'm not saying this. And it's now you are saying this. <laughs> that's boomer trolling us. right? That's now. actually, oh, that's, that's actually me. That's me better. trolling. Oh, is that you? That, that, that was me better. this time. Yes. Good, good yes. You. Good you. Well, as we're talking about quarterbacks here and, and we're going to have the, some of the video playing in the background, obviously uh, looking at our, our uh, starting lineup, uh, we have Thompson at the, at the, Starting spot, you've got Purdy behind him. As you mentioned, Smothers was taking third reps. And then even in here, you'll see uh, Harburg taking some. I guess, Aaron, as you were watching practice, you know, and you saw some of the quarterbacks out there, what were some of your takeaways and thoughts from today? Look, everybody said it in like the three and a half second clip that I put out on TikTok, but I will agree with everyone. Casey Thompson has a very quick release. Everyone, you said it. It's not wrong. I was like, "How did you gather that from this video on TikTok?" Come on, no, it's true. He's got a really quick release. That that is what it is. Um, 
I would say it's very clear that Casey is the leader of that group. He is the one who's moving pieces around. He's the one who's listening to Whipple. Not that they're not all listening to Whipple. I'm just saying that like one of the things I noticed is like Whipple is running them through a set of drills and Casey was the one who was very in tune to like, where, where do we need to be on the next one? Okay. Not here moving here. He was honestly even like, um, like directing the graduate assistants. He's like, okay, we're tuned. We're now here. Um, so that made a lot of sense. Um, I would say, I would say the one thing that I, this just in general, the quarterbacks need to be talking more is kind of something that is like a really like, not like kind of maybe like small detail, but like we talk about the importance of just like communication and talking. You hear a lot of Casey. Um, I would say when you're standing by them, you don't hear a lot of trouble, Logan, Heinrich. They're, they're a little more quiet. Mm-hmm. And that communication, the talking to each other, the bouncing, you know, the like just getting comfortable with talking. Talking is so important in so many sports. You need to know what the people around you are doing. You need to be able to do that. It's not to say that those guys aren't capable. They're, they are. Logan Smothers led Nebraska last season for a game. Um, so they, they are, but it's also getting them out of that, only doing it when they're in a game scenario. Like you will you will perform what you practice. So you need to be, you need to be doing that in the moment. And so like when I was listening to the quarterbacks, I would say you can hear Casey. Um, The Mm -hmm. others need to, you know, keep working on that comfortability of just like talking, talking to each other, talking, saying things like, honestly, I was just having that conversation about volleyball. Somebody brought it up on Twitter where they're like the best teams communicate. The best teams are talking in practice. They're constantly chattering. They're constantly like, obviously not when the coach is trying to tell you something. It's same thing as in football. Same thing as in basketball. Same thing. You got to be talking, got to be chatter. There has to be like the communication building. And so that's an area where I think the group as a whole just has to keep like working on. But Mm -hmm. Casey, Casey is definitely like when Frost made the comment that he has the experience, like it's, it's, it's very clear his experience across the board when you're watching him in, in moments like that. How are they reacting to him too? When he does that, like, are they, are they reacting well to him? Like what's, how's he meshing with the rest of the team? Cause when he first got on campus, you heard about everybody, you know, he's taking his offensive line out to dinner and he was doing all these great things for everybody. And everybody like, like, is that still kind of the feeling in there or is he meshing well with, with the other players? I, you're smiling. It's, it's so yeah, hard to know. A... <laughs> it's so hard to know if you're not in the locker room. But this is the way that I would explain Casey Thompson, because I think a lot of people are going to want to compare, like, what is he like in comparison to Adrian? Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't love that. Um, I'm going to actually use a comparison of somebody on the team right now. So let's go back to Garrett Nelson for a moment. Garrett Nelson is incredibly selfless when it comes to this team. He leads from a selfless position. He leads from a place of what can I do to make this team better? It's not to say that that's not what Casey Thompson does. I think Casey is very much a leader of like, whereas like Garrett is very aware of like everyone and how everyone plays into it. Casey, I think is a little bit more inward focused so there's a difference between outward focus and inward focus and like to be clear to anyone listening that doesn't make someone better or worse you need all kinds of different players and and leaders to make the world turn Mm -hmm. um but if you know you are somebody like i think he like i said even just in the moments when i was like talking with him today you can tell his mind is in a million other places so 
I think he is somebody who's like, we hear it all the time. He is a, he is a film junkie. He is always studying film. He's always studying the playbook. His goal for the season is to have watched and be aware of and have learned every play Nebraska ran in 2021 mm-hmm. and know every play, play they plan to play like run in 2022. That is a giant undertaking. And that could be off putting to somebody. Oh, one of my uh, Funko Pops just fell over with that. Um, <laughs> but that Funko could be too, really funny. like that could be is off putting. I'm not saying that it is. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like when you watch kind of, I think people react to him knowing like he is, he is here and he, he, he knows the playbook. He is mm-hmm. studying it. And you kind of just, I don't know. Like it, it sounded, it sounded like his his he had zip on the ball. I mean, the old the old thumb. You know, did that look? Did you notice anything? Any injury? You know, remnants of that? Or did he look like he was fully healthy? I, I didn't, there? and he did say he he's he feels he feels basically a hundred percent. Like after mm-hmm. the surgery, that that like changed everything. It, he's been in, you know improving greatly from that and like that things are starting to feel a lot better Mm -hmm. so obviously what we witnessed when I talked about the quick release and watching his throws and thinking everything looked nice that is in a very controlled environment he is not you know being pressured by a big 10 defensive line in that moment if his offensive line is collapsing in front of him which we which is very possible um so what does that look like a month from now We'll definitely find out, but I mean, mm-hmm. from a controlled environment perspective, everything, everything seemed fine. And like I said, mm-hmm. it seemed like people react, you know, they listen to him. I will, I will always say though, this is the truth, no matter who it was, who it is like, he needs to win. He needs to lead this team to win. If, if they're not winning, this team will fracture, but not just because of Casey, it will fracture in lots of ways in lots of areas. But like, if he can, win if he can help lead nebraska to wins i could definitely see him being a catalyst toward sort of like a bond with this group that they haven't maybe even had in a while i don't know like Mm -hmm. it's so hard we're not in the locker room and he and he went through some of the same stuff last year too with texas i mean he put up big numbers in games and was losing games that that you know he needs some of that confidence too he needs the defense to win a game for him just like the defense needs casey thompson to 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 pull out something at the end of a game and, and get the victory. I mean, it's, it, there is a bond that can come together from, from both sides. And obviously as Oscar fans, that's all we can hope for. Well, and back to my initial question too, Nelson sounds like the kind of guy that would pick you up at three in the morning. If you need a ride And Casey sounds like the kind of guy that would probably just call you an Uber, but at yes. the same time, and, but, but both are, but, but, but both are, both are just as effective and will get you home just as safe. Right. Yes. Like is that, Yes. That is the best. Okay, I have now, <laughs> I have now that. acquired two new like ways of explaining things for Nebraska football in the last week. And the first, I'll touch, I'll share the other one with you all because I'm really proud of it. But that is so right. It is the difference of Garrett Nelson will come pick you up himself. He'll drop everything. Casey will also drop everything, but he's going to pull out his phone and he's going to call you that Uber. Both are getting you home. They're just doing it in different ways. There you go. And you can, you can use that. You don't even have to credit me. It's fine. No, I'll just, credit you. That's I, great. That's a, I, yeah, it's a, I have my Gosh, That's a great way of explaining that. No, I, I shared this example of like somebody was asking me to explain Nebraska football in recent like years. And I was like, Nebraska football is a ship that has sunk. 
And instead of somebody going, you know what, that really stinks, but let's just rebuild the ship. Let's take the framework that we really liked of the old ship and then also put in all the new fancy stuff that has come out in recent years that like we really like, but we'll keep the framework, we'll build the new ship and we'll sail it off into the, into the, you know, new decade of whatever. Instead, Nebraska is like, no, we really like that ship. And we're trying to pull it out from the depths of the sea. And if we can just get it out from the depths of the sea, we might be able to like drain the water from it and see if it still floats. <laughs> you're, 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 you just compared Scott Frost to James Cameron is what you just did. Yeah. And so then there's Rose and Jack on a, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm on top of the world. No, but like, honestly, oh. when I was explaining this, I'm like, it kind of goes into what we we're talking about with like, you see little glimpses of the option, but you're seeing some new wrinkles in this whole thing. That is, I think what you really need for Nebraska to be successful is it's not that you cannot build in the framework that made you successful in the past. That is absolutely like Nebraska is option football and like there's no reason to like completely depart from it. But you have to also adapt to college football and the way that it exists now and the way that the Big Ten exists. Like Nebraska is in an entirely different conference than it was, you know, 15 years ago. And so for me, it's like kind of what we're talking about. It's it's just changing the way that this offense works a little bit. You don't have to like abandon what you mm -hmm. did completely, but you do have to shift just a teeny bit. We need to replace the engine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to replace what, the engine. Although the boat still might be sunk. Well, like yeah, if you yeah. pull it out, well, the engine I, is gone. What so I'm hearing is, yeah, what I'm hearing <laughs> is the fullback still has a role. That's what I'm hearing out of all of that. We have um, a fullback. I call him a, I call him uh, Yant back, but that's different. Yeah. Uh, Rob's favorite quarterback, actually uh, Torres, you've been huge on Torres, uh, the true freshman. What did you, did you see anything out of him today? Any, any throws? I know uh, Whipple's been high on his arm strength and everything. I'm just high on futures. That's all. Like, sure. That's, yeah. No, I'm I interested will, to hear. I will share this with you. Um, we didn't see much of him. Um, but I will also share, uh, when I caught up with Tommy Armstrong recently, he's been working with him in camps and, uh, Tommy is super impressed with him. Really, really impressed. Thinks his arm strength is fantastic. Um, Richard, Richard Torres wants to play. Like he is like, put me in coach. I am ready. Now they're going to be really, really careful with him because there's really no reason to burn that red shirt unless you absolutely have to. And Nebraska has enough depth where I just yeah. don't see a scenario where maybe you see year. him outside of like maybe some garbage time and they're absolutely like not going to play him a ton beyond what is just necessary to get him some experience. But uh, he has been sold as pretty dang good across the board. I'll, I'll um, go out on a limb and say that, uh, that he, if, if he ends up staying and he gets to play whether it be next year in two years, he might end up being the best recruit of the frost era. And that's just, I'm putting that out there. And I, and I will say that, um, I've watched a lot of videos on him on YouTube and everything else. And I'm, I did this with Omar Manning. So, you know, I, I can say I'm not afraid to put myself on the line, but I think Torres might be, that next great Nebraska quarterback, but you know, not in the traditional style that we know quarterbacks in Nebraska to be. So. Yeah. I mean, I actually, what's funny is I still need to get to it. Um, but somebody sent me a video of him working out and practicing at one of the camps, one of Tommy Armstrong's camps and people are very high on his arm strength. So yeah. mm -hmm. 
it'll be it'll be it'll be fun to fun watch to him evolve. Yeah. But that, I think he's gonna be like yeah. he's gonna be like so fired up to like want to play that i do hope he gets some garbage time That's i have to ask is, is your window open because i can hear your trucks going by too or is that somebody else not me okay i've heard that on a couple of your other podcasts when when you're like you got the window open you can hear like the the garbage truck go by or something like that so yeah um, no thankfully it, it's like 100 degrees outside it's not yeah, that bad it's, it's pretty it's pretty hot here right now too, mm. so, so uh, where do you see logan smothers what have you seen out of him how is he fitting in going forward that's a good question but, um so he like today like i've heard a lot of really good things about logan we obviously know like he is incredibly like we know it means a lot for him to be at nebraska he talked about that in the spring how he wasn't interested in transferring at least at that point um whether that changes in the future have you know is obviously to be determined but um you know he he's definitely in a really tough position because he had two new quarterbacks come in that are really good quarterbacks and <laughs> um, he he's gonna you know he said in the spring he's like you know I'm I'm fighting for that number one spot I think it was going to be a bit of an uphill battle that's not to say that like he couldn't still you know I think he could definitely at this point still make a case for the number two spot depending on um, how things evolve with him but like he's he's not a bad quarterback either here's the thing about where Nebraska is right now with its quarterbacks they have they have multiple good quarterbacks Heinrich Harburg is also a good quarterback like this is Mm -hmm. the thing that's wild about them like I don't imagine that they're all going to stay at Nebraska through their entire careers I just Mm -hmm. that would be unrealistic to assume so but I'm like you have a room of five scholarship scholarship quarterbacks that are all pretty dang good like if you had to get to a case where Logan is going into a game, even at QB three, he's been in a game. He has led Nebraska. He has experienced maybe not a lot, but at least a little like Nebraska hasn't been in that scenario in a while. When Frost, so, fir- when Frost first came here, he said he wanted five scholarship or five quarterbacks. And I was like, that's crazy. How are you going to keep five happy? I mean, it doesn't even make sense. And he actually has that right now. Look, it, I don't know about anyone else, but there's nothing like uh, going into a game where your starting quarterback's like hamstring is being held together by a contraption. And then by the end of the game, Mm. you now have Riker Fife in the game leading Mm. everything. And you're now starting to look across like other position groups and like, is anyone else capable? This is a good place to be for Nebraska. I don't know how Mm. like, I don't know how like long-term, especially with NIL and the transfer, you know, transfer rules, ever, if they ever change again, if it's going to be an attainable goal to have this many quarterbacks that could play. But Nebraska, Nebraska is literally in a position where if something happens to QB1, QB2 can go in. If something happens to QB2, you got QB3. Mm-hmm. Oh, QB3 goes down? Well, great. QB4 can all – like, it is kind of honestly a little bit baffling how that room could honestly, like – swap in if needed. So you're saying Torres will be starting by the end of the year. Interesting. Why not? Why not? Why just not? throw him in. Let's just Iowa. There we go. There you go. Well, let's move on to uh, the running back position and some uh, some video again here today. And obviously that's the one where we have all the oars. Uh, the oars with Ramir Johnson, who also is playing some wide receiver. And I think you see it a little bit at the end of this clip. You see him walking with some of the receivers. But Ramir mm-hmm. Johnson uh, Anthony Grant, the, the junior college transfer there from Mexico, um, and then uh, uh, Yant and uh, 
Gabe Irvin, those four. Uh, let me go back up to the uh, to the depth chart there. So, yeah, Ramirez and Anthony, uh, we had his first team. Second team, we had Yant and Irvin. And, again, there's going to be situational uh, plays there. I mean, Yant could be a big back in some cases. And so, I mean, we can – and Ramirez can go out into a slot and be a receiver. So, there's situational ways that we can get guys on there. One of the questions I have, and this goes with Applewhite, maybe with some of the things he's done with at TCU is, are there ways that we can start to get two backs onto the field at the same time? There's one ball, but there's ways to get more than one back onto the field at one time. You mean like putting Ramir Johnson as a wide receiver? Could be, or, you know, even how about, uh, how about <laughs> Yant as a fullback? How about goal, goal, goal line? Yeah. Yant as a fullback or two backs and, you know, get some size in there. Yant the damn ball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, Here's the thing. If you sincerely are looking at a group of running backs where we keep doing this, where it's like an or situation, it's like this or this guy or this guy or this guy or also this guy, like you got to start finding wrinkles to get them all included in some way. So could you get kind of creative in how you are putting them on the field and getting them out there and kind of playing, you know, playing with the way you run this offense? Like, I don't see why not. If you have the strength, which your poll that you ask people like what they're the most excited about, um, Gosh, dang it. You had to put the like Torres quote up there. Um, <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, so Aaron, and, and this goes with what we're talking about here. The um, I said this, I think last week or the week before that Whipple's offense had 26 rushing touchdowns last year at Pittsburgh. Right. And yeah. all of those rushing touchdowns were in the red zone. Mm-hmm. So one, they're in the red zone. That's great. Did we Two, that, that means that guys like, that means that guys like Yant, could be getting the ball within like the 10, the five, because I mean, if there's anything, Yant might have to change his name to have like a C in there. So it's Y A C N T because he's going to need that yards after contact. You know, it's what? like, that's. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, but you're um, right. I think some of these, I think like Yant, especially, I think they're like, I think Yant definitely has the potential to be that person that, um, you know, if you're, if you're needing to make a serious, like goal line stand, like if you're, if you're needing to go up against a goal line stand, you need somebody who can take it, take a, uh, take a, you know, a group of defenders coming at you and then keep going. Uh, he feels like he could be that person. Um, I think there's a reason that so many people are excited about the running backs. And I think there's a reason to be excited about the running backs. Um, that here's the thing. Nebraska has struggled in the red zone, right? Like that has been a struggle under frost is in the red zone. So if it's something where they, if Whipple can make that work at Nebraska, where you can get, you get your offense in the red zone and then those running backs can make it happen. I, I think run the ball guy and gal would be pretty happy if there's some passes elsewhere. If, if those running backs are getting the ball in the end. Zone. <laughs> yeah. Honky and I were talking about yet this way two spring games ago. So not this year, but the year before afterwards, we were talking about just how impressive he was being able to basically carry two or three guys with him an extra five yards. So um, it would be nice, especially with his new physique. And uh, from what sounds like what you're saying, the determination that that seems to be kind of like, you know, just coming out of him. uh, It would be awesome to see him in some of those situations where, um, he's able to get those few extra yards that we need in, in maybe even third or fourth down situations. 
I am mm-hmm. looking through the observations from Nebraska's practice today on Hill Varsity. Again, go to hillvarsity.com slash subscribe and, and get there. But um, uh, one of the players that was uh, out today was a true freshman running back, A.J. Allen. So we didn't get to see him uh, practicing today. He would be kind of the fifth or sixth guy that we'd be talking about. Um, I, you know, Honestly, it's kind of a good thing to have enough guys that are upperclassmen and returners that – Freshmen aren't just stepping right into spots right away either. It's as talented as I think Allen can be, but um, there's a, there's definitely enough backs to go through ahead of him and guys that man. Some of these guys have a lot to prove. I, Irvin, mm-hmm. you know, to come off that injury, I'm really excited to see uh, what he does there. And, and Yant to show that he can be more of an every down back. He goes out and blows up against Northwestern last year, but then you we don't see a lot out of him the rest of the year, and um, that that's a frustrating point. <sighs> Yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest point for me with these running backs is what you really do not want to have happen is you do not want to have a running back who has a great game and then you don't see him again mm-hmm. for two or three games or you you have this great game and then you're like, well, why are they not, you know, why are they not taking the first snap in the game following that? I think that that is a um, level of frustration for fans. But when you also just talk about psychology of teams, um, Mm -hmm. if you're somebody and you're talking about, um, you know, that's not to say if like something happened in practice that warrants that to happen, like I get it. But like at the same time, it just happened so much in 2021 where it was like, what is happening (laughs) from this game to this game where like this player has this outstanding game and then suddenly is on a missing persons list by the week the following week. And that is something that I think is the biggest piece here with Whipple and Brian Applewhite Mm -hmm. is you got to find that person and you have to be consistent with it. And that's not to say you don't rotate people in as you need. um, But that honestly was one of the most frustrating parts. Well, you said it, you said it from game to game. It was even from half to half. We talked a lot last year about the Purdue game and Yant in the first half had four carries for like, 50 yards and we were joking at half sending out tweet tweet polls saying you know how many carries is yank going to get in the second half 10 20 30 or 40 because it was like it was such a no-brainer and he got two it, mm-hmm. it just made no sense and and um you know so that, that's what we're hoping we want more consistency same thing can be said about the next position group that we'll talk about wide receivers um consistency from players from week to week and last but not least rob uh, Alumni Hall, two Lincoln locations, downtown 1120 P Street and South Point Pavilions, 2910 Pine Lake Road. That's right behind the Barnes & Noble. And a uh, whole bunch of good uh, Husker gear there. Go get yourself some there. Before we get to the wide receivers, Boomer, do we have any questions specific uh, right now with the, the backfield? Uh, no, I think we covered most of those already and okay. you know, put the put the comments up as we were going. But I think a lot of it's uh, been captured by our comments so far. Okay. So, yeah. Well, we're going to move on then to the wide receiver and tight ends group. And this is some video of Thomas Fedoni running up the steps. And I took a, a one of your tweets. I was going to show it, but uh, we got the video here of it to to prove it. So he's running. That's good to see. Uh, you know, they are. What's that, Rob? Look how big those kids are. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. They're all um, like seven feet tall. So this is Mickey's group here. You know, a lot of change since last season between uh, transfers coming in here. Just out there uh, playing QB, too. QB. No, I mean, he's also playing QB. That was Mickey Joseph. He was oh. also playing QB. People talk about how Frost looks like he could suit up. Like, mm. look at Mickey out there, just like tossing the ball around, just like no big deal. Mm. Just, just like it. 1990 all over again. <laughs> um, 
this is where, you know, we obviously have six guys listed uh, out of this group. And, and at one point, Mickey had even said he wanted nine or 10. So, but really in a reasonable take six, you know, roughly six here for receivers. Also, we're talking about tight ends in this group too. So Chancellor Brewington, who Rob talked with a couple months ago, he's, we moved him up to second. We had Chris Hickman at it, but it looks like he's in a boot right now. So we kind of moved him out just for the time being, at least the Chancellor Brewington, Volklick, and then Trey Palmer, look at that, transfer from LSU. Marcus Washington, transfer from, from uh, Texas. Isaiah Garcia Casanenda, transfer from New Mexico State. Uh, Oliver Martin was a transfer a year or two back from, from Iowa. So really, Alante Brown is the only true recruit out of high school. And then you have Omar Manning on our list, uh, a JUCO recruit from a few years ago. So that, that kind of group, there's, there's height, there's size, there's speed, there's talent. Your list changed, by the way, since you sent it to me earlier. So now I can expose you. Okay. I did make, yeah, I changed um, Hickman to Bruins. <laughs> did I change anything else? Oh, oh man. If I didn't uh-huh. like you before, Aaron, I like you more now. <laughs> Y'all, he was all high on Hick- Chris Hickman. Then he saw him in a walking boot today and he said, get on out. Chance yeah. Bruins well, is what, in. What's up with Trey Palmer, too? Like, I, th- I, I want to know because. Um, he apparently I mean, just wasn't feeling well. So Trey Palmer, like, no one needs to, like, overly be concerned it sounds like he legitimately just woke up and was not feeling well this morning um at least even mickey's demeanor to that question tells me like no big deal just especially like i think we have to remember covid is still a thing you know i hope he doesn't have covid like really knock on wood hope he doesn't um but like colds still exist like you could easily just wake up and like you could be dehydrated you could just not feel well like there's a number i heck i get migraines like maybe he gets migraines i don't know um, but the way that Mickey Joseph responded to that question about him did not give me any reason to be like, is there something else, you know, is something bigger happening here? Um, Boomer's giving me a migraine with these damn banners going across the bottom. Yeah. So. And that's not me. You'll know it's me. Cause I do all caps. Perfect. So, yeah. Nice. Well, so. to the point on Mickey Joseph, he does want six whiteouts. He brought that up today. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm still looking for my course, like my group of six core group. So like we know, He's gonna, that's, that is a goal. That is what they're aiming for. I think you're pretty much like, I think that these six are the six where they end up on who could somebody make a case. Sure. I think again, going back to it, the biggest thing here is Oliver Martin has to stay healthy. He Mm -hmm. has to stay healthy in 2022. Um, But yeah, I feel like you got to feel pretty, pretty good with the wide receivers. You just have to, you know, get them the ball. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to kind of see this group. So you're saying there's going to be a lot of five wide. (laughs) Why not? Do you see (laughs) actually, you know, so if these are the six in some kind of order, do you have any ideas who you would think the seventh or the eighth might be that could be pushing them? We obviously have some true freshmen that have come in, Janarian Bonner and Decoldis Crawford, who also wasn't there today. Um, you know, did you, did you see anything from from any of those younger guys there that that might be pushing for that, or is this a pretty solid top six? And and you think it's going to be hard for someone to crack that? I think it's a pretty. I think it's pretty solid. Although I would have said originally to keep an eye on Dakota's Crawford, and then here's the thing: I that one's going to be interesting because Mickey Joseph was like talk to Mark, talk to Whipple essentially. Whipple pretty much then put it toward Frost and was like, talk to Frost. So we'll talk to Frost on Saturday. So we'll see what he said. But the, the difference is, is whereas Trey Palmer got a, uh, he's fine. He just wasn't feeling well. Um, 
the coldest got pushed off. Uh, don't ask me, ask somebody else kind of essentially. That That's what gave me some hesitation there where I'm like, is like, yeah, it's the, he didn't even say ask a trainer about it. He basically said, ask Whipple about it. And then Whipple <laughs> deflected that question as well. So um, my insight on it at this point is like, again, I'm not trying, I don't want, I'm very, very big on like, I don't like to speculate on injuries. Those mm-hmm. are things that are like, I, I have been in scenarios where news has been broken about an injury before family has been, has been made aware. I don't, we don't even know if, the coldest is injured, but I just don't like to speculate on those things. So yeah. all I will say is if you're somebody who's going, what, why was the coldest not there today? The biggest difference. And like, I always point out, like, just pay attention to these little differences. The differences is Mickey Joseph told you, told us Trey Palmer was not feeling well, which is why he was not at practice today. He did not want to answer anything about the coldest, which is mm. what stands out to me and is the primary difference. So now, yeah, we will ask Frost about it on Saturday and whether uh, Frost provides a specific answer or um, deflects it as well will be very interesting. If Frost deflects it for some reason, it would make me think it's not an injury. Um, so we'll find out. Mm. Well, I'm also, yeah. I'm also now looking at. Well, that the, totally answers that, and I feel 100 percent about it now. Thank you. <laughs> Here's the thing: you like you hope for the best for the individual because it's like mm. you don't want anything to be. You want all of these players to they're human beings at the end of the day. Uh, you you want the best for them as humans. Um, but if you're looking at it from a game standpoint and player standpoint, Nebraska has a lot of wide receivers that are going to be available and step up and honestly um another person i was going to point out i have to is Kamonte grimes i mm-hmm. think he's somebody to keep an eye on um he's somebody and i wanted to just point him out because he has a really potentially fiery personality he definitely is very um he's got like he's got like a quirky humor to him as well so i kind of imagine that turning into like you could be of more of a vocal leader and personality just kind of watching that there was this basically i I, one of the friday night lights camps he was like off to the side like dancing and hyping players up constantly and so i kind of took note of that where like he was so into hyping other people up and i thought that was that was an interesting thing for him so he's somebody i'd also keep in keep an eye on and that on a side question too is um and because i haven't heard a definitive on this how many people are they going to be able to travel with as far as players for um like ireland to ireland it's because i know it's an away game like so it'll be the same as an away game well it it should be the same as a big 10 travel um uh so the travel roster limit for football is 74 Mm -hmm. um that should remain the same for this. So they are tra- like, even though they're traveling overseas, um, it's still a big 10 team. Now, if this was like, if they were playing Oklahoma or North Dakota or somebody else in Ireland, mm-hmm. I assume that the rules would be different because there's tra- the travel rules are different for non-conference games. You can take more players. Yeah. For what, what about for, what about for Northwestern? This is a home game. Do they get to bring, 
could they bring 150 guys like they would, or, or however many they have on their team? Well, they might have 63 guys on their team. Yeah, so, you know, it's they bring, so it's really can they bring not their full allotment yeah. of 63? I imagine that there's probably, and this is actually, this is a really good compliance question, because I imagine that there's probably, when you make the decision to go play at a neutral field, and technically this, even though it's overseas, is a neutral field, but like if you were, Alabama and LSU and you decided to go play in Dallas, for instance, like I assume that both teams would make the, like would basically be agreeing to essentially both be travel teams to make that work. Like, I can't imagine that they'd be like, bring on everyone because then that becomes a whole issue of like, you know, discrepancies between the team travel budgets. Can they both afford that? All the other, like, there's just like little nuances of that. And so my assumption would be, without having talked to compliance, but it's a really good question for a compliance department. The, is well, and, they, and I ask is because that could be the reason why Mickey's like I'm still looking for my six because maybe he's been told like, look, we're only traveling with this many receivers, well, right? So well, maybe for, that's for us, we're, we're nothing. I mean, we're the away team, no matter what. I mean, yeah. that's that's this game. The, the closest comparison for Nebraska football in our history, you go back to like 1998 and we played Oklahoma State in Arrowhead, and that was Oklahoma State's choice. That was their home game that they gave up to play and, and get, make more money than having it in Stillwater, but they, they chose to play us closer to our home, but it was still a home game for them. I just don't know if they were able Stillwater's to. Stillwater's still trying to economically recover from that. <laughs> They're trying to, right? Um, is for, uh, Aaron, the other thing is uh, that we're talking about here tight end-wise, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, Vokalek has that position down, but then we have Chancellor Brewington. Uh, we have Nate, and I always get the, the last name wrong, Borkercher, Bork I think from uh, – <laughs> I, I am I'm horrible with last names, so <laughs> I I, I called I called him Hash Nutmacher for about three years before I finally got before I got that one right. And we met his family and we, we met his show. We great, met his family and hung out with people. Laura, and I, like... I could never get his name right for like three years. So um, yeah. there's a lot of I'm trying to think of who's the who who did we just talk to the other day? Oh, Colton Feast. The amount of people who think feast is incorrect. I'm like, no, feast is correct. He like think of him as you hope he is fe- feasting on the opposing team. Like that is what well, you want. You want cold, had, cold. You want him to feast. <laughs> yeah, we had, but we had David Feist on the show on Monday night. So, and it's spelled oh, the David exact fight, same way. Fight can write. Oh, yeah. fight. I'm sorry. Yeah. My, see, there we go. I, I um, don't even know. Boomer, either, you just so. had a a note there from someone you put up, and uh, and this was with Fedoni. So Fedoni was uh, running steps. Do, I mean, do you think, I guess I don't even know what I'm asking here. Do you, I mean, do you see him playing, you know, early part of the season? Is he still kind of a mid-year kind of guy? Or do you have any read on that right now? Fedoni? Um, mm-hmm. All we know is that Sean Becton said um, they'd hope to like, they'd like to get him back this season. Um, but they also don't want to push him. They want to play the long game mm-hmm. with him. They want him to be healthy long-term in his career. <sighs> I think you'll see him this season. I'm going to go out on the limb and say, so today is, beginning of august because they're still saying he's about like when we talked to becton they said he's about two months out i think is where they were at when they were talking about it so like maybe october 1st maybe by that indiana game is that indiana by about homecoming then okay yeah Yeah. that's right because uh i was gonna say no that's not because uh rutgers is october 7th so yeah uh, the first would be indiana Mm -hmm. yeah 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 no and that i mean the Hickman thing uh, was a little surprising today. I, I'll i be interested to get um, Frost's feedback on that. There's a few areas that we need to talk to. Like, obviously, we need to talk, about him, talk to him about Turner Corcoran. We need to talk to him about um, Chris Hickman. 
because I definitely like when I saw Chris, I like I had to rack my brain for a moment where I was like, do I know that he's in a boot? Like, have I have should I be aware of this? Like, have mm-hmm. I and I was like, I'm not I'm not drawing. I don't know. So <laughs> I should say for anyone who's kind of wondering about some of these injuries that we've seen now, here's a little like thing to keep in mind for anyone who's, you know, kind of observing all of this. These open practices, Nebraska shows us what we want to, what they want us to see. They're very intentional with these practices. There is, there they would not have Chris Hickman out there in a boot if there wasn't something that like would be easily answerable by Frost. So that's why like not seeing the coldest is an interesting thing because like he's not even out on the field. So mm-hmm. when we talk about like what Frost is going to give us as far as a rundown of these players, I, you know, there, there's a reason that like Turner was still out on that field. And there's a reason that um, Chris Hickman was still out on that field. There have been instances where like, and I'm not saying that this was the case today. I don't know this to be true. I'm just talking about in previous years, there have been times where players, we don't see them. But then they show up in the like the videos that Nebraska shares later because they come out after the media portion is done. So I'm not saying that that happened today. It's just that's that those are those things where like mm-hmm. those media portions are constructed in a way that we see very much what they want us to see. So I'm not like creating conspiracy theories. Please don't sure. do that. I'm just saying like when we ask Frost about these things on Saturday, um, I'm just pointing out like he, he already knows he knew before we even walked in there today to see this, that these are questions that he's going to get asked. Mm. And it was all intentional. (laughs) Well, when we talked about option earlier, that wasn't out of the blue. That was very intentional that they wanted option to be, to be seen and, and take that for whatever, whether that's for our fan base or that's for, for Pat Fitzgerald, they have to study up one more thing, whatever it is. It's that's, that's what it is. He knows he'll get asked about that on Saturday there. Mm. That is a hundred percent. Like, so, yeah, I, I, I just think mm. like these these open practices are great because you do get a little bit. But like you also have to kind of take them with a grain of salt where I like I have to remind myself, like I am being shown what they want me to see. So, mm. like, I'm not going to get a whole lot of surprises out of this unless it's a surprise. They want us to be surprised by. <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. Well, let's uh, go to the last unit here. And this is the offensive line. Uh, Donovan Rayola there in the, the middle of the screen. Uh Got a bit of a potty mouth, as Aaron told us. <laughs> That's okay. I don't. I don't mind uh, my offensive line coach. Uh, Gosh, I don't dang care. It. YouTube cares. I don't care. And I'm not talking about YouTube commenters. I'm talking about YouTube's algorithm does not like certain words. Mm. Primary well, gosh, gosh dang it. Gosh yeah. darn it. No, there are certain words that are totally fine. It's pretty mm. much just the F word. So I'm very careful when I say, because YouTube is just, it's like, is this family friendly then? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, for the most part, we don't cuss on the show. And yet when I upload it, I still have to answer that question about like, uh, you know, is it family friendly or not? Ex- do you tell him? Are you always, honest? I always say honest? no, it's not. Because I guess I think of like my son goes on YouTube and like, I don't know. Not that, not that I would mind him watching this, but I can't picture. Are you selecting like this is for children? Like you're selecting like this is cool for kids. Yeah, like that just seems weird. Like (laughs) yeah, yeah, kids. We that's not the demographic we're going after. But um, let's go back to the depth chart here. My my daughter wants to watch the podcast, and she's six years old, and I still (laughs) won't let her. So, (laughs) well, so we actually had uh, initially, and before I, I made a switch, actually before I even sent it to you, Aaron, we had Keith Williams. Or Kevin, I'm sorry, Kevin Williams as um, a guard in front of uh, Brock Bando. 
I've just seen Bando up there so much now, but I, I w- we would love nothing more than to see Williams up there. Like I said, Rob talked with him in February. Uh, Redcasters go back in our YouTube channel and watch that interview. Great interview. And I mean, he was right away talking about the physicality and everything that Rayola is going to be bringing. And, but um, I, I would love to see Williams play a big role, whether it's as six man and swinging around or if he can be a, a starter. But right now we have Teddy Prosca at left tackle, Turner Corcoran at left guard, Hickson at center, Bando at right guard and Ben Hart at right tackle. And that right tackle spot, we've mentioned this a number of times. Ben Hart seems to me almost to be the the player to watch because if he can man that right tackle spot, your big 6'9 guy that has three years of Big Ten experience and was a top 100 recruit, if but he's also been a guy that's been in the doghouse and made mistakes and, and there's been reasons why he's been benched. But if he, with some new eyes on him, can can really take over that right tackle spot, that frees up Corcoran now to be whatever they need Corcoran to be. Right guard, left guard, center, whatever it is, because uh, we're, we're we're banking on Prohaska manning that left tackle spot. Mm-hmm. Can Ben Hart take take over that right spot and really really have two big you know bookends? Yeah, I mean you kind of need it. Like this offensive line. Here's the thing: the one thing that I do think is beneficial, and but we've also heard this many years before. Uh, Greg Austin talked about it as well, so it's not surprising that Rayola is talking about it. Two, uh, that like you want to be able to move these players around and have them be able to play in different spots. Like you need to be able to rotate. You need to be able to have a sh- ins- essentially insurance mm-hmm. in different places. Um, but I mean, I-, I feel pretty like I don't feel great. Oh my gosh, I keep knocking over that my freaking pop <laughs> Funko Pop. Yeah, um, but what is the Funko Pop? Like it's what, uh, what it? it's uh, Captain or it's uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. But she's a bottlehead too, Carol so Danders. she's just a little like she's just a little top heavy. Um, so oh my, I know it's <laughs> fine. Um, they just weren't really like thinking when they decided to make Funko Pops also into bobbleheads. Like the just like the the the, the aerodynamic like it just isn't the science isn't working. So you just need to leave them in the box like I do back here. It's you, like, you can barely see them, but yeah, they're there. <laughs> um, I mean, I've. I didn't feel great about Turner Corcoran being out today. Mm. Uh, that didn't feel awesome, but I'm kind of like, we were also supposed to hear from Rayola today and he didn't, wasn't able to end up talking. So like conspiracy theory, um, but mm. we all will hear from him next week. So like prepare yourselves. Um, and, and, in it, Dra- and in Drake's, uh, the, the observations on, on Hill varsity, he did mention that Corcoran, although he wasn't in pads, he was, or he, he was going through the stretching period. So he was doing some things. Yeah. He didn't seem like overly, like, I don't know. He didn't seem like, you know, he didn't show up in like a walking boot. Mm -hmm. Um, So like maybe here's the thing. We're at the point in fall camp where guys are getting tired. You want to protect them. It could just be something as simple as like, we just want to protect him from getting injured because we're just trying to like keep everyone healthy. But if you had Prohaska at left tackle, Corcoran at left guard, Hickson at center, Bando at right guard, Ben Hart at right tackle. Like, you got to feel pretty good about that. I think the biggest one is, like, can Hickson hold down that center spot? Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that that was, you know, it's a, a new player. Um, he's He has big shoes to fill from what Cam Jorgens left behind. However, he is not filling that spot with a quarterback. Like, it's not like the quarterback is the same quarterback from last season who had played with a, you know – it's not like if Adrian was still there and he had previously played with Cam Jurgens for multiple years and now he's switching mm. to Hicks and you do have a new quarterback working with that. So like hopefully the two of them are able to gel 
and get things figured out before the first game. But it's not a bad lineup. Um, it's just really unknown. Like, I can understand why people are, like, kind of holding their breath about everything when it comes to this offense because you can look at that and go, yeah, not bad. Um, but at the same time, like, how confident are you in this this offensive line that it's going to be able to protect the quarterback? Well, a, a question I have um... – uh, Jurgens did a great job of developing himself over his career here, but there were struggles as well early. I mean, the, the bad snaps that really kind of plagued him for a good season, season and a half. Did you see any of that today or did things look pretty clean? Even if it's with absolutely nobody on him, no, you know, no defensive tackle up against him, were we getting clean snaps? I mean, I, that's, that's the difference in my mind between having at least a serviceable center. He doesn't have to be an all American. Can we get somebody, do we have somebody, when we go to Ireland, that's going to get the ball to the set, to the quarterback in the same spot consistently play after play. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, like what we saw was pretty limited as far as like, it, it, we're not getting to see a lot of like, here, here's the reality is like, I'm not getting to see, um, <laughs> we're not getting to see Hickson with pressure coming sure. at him. And so those are always hard, but like, I would say the, the difference is, is like when we're talking about that first season with Cam Jurgens. Now there are a lot of components that went into this. You have a converted tight end who's learning the center position, who's learning mm-hmm. how to be an offensive lineman. It's a very different position to play. Um, he's also um, wasn't to the size he needed to be at that spot at the time. And on top of it, Adrian Martinez had been working with Will Farniak all fall camp and finds out like almost like the week of the game, you're now going to be playing like your starting center is going to be cam jurgens that is a big adjustment for every person involved and you saw the growing pains through it mm-hmm. the one benefit here is like hickson is trained as an offensive lineman this is not new to him in that regard um so like y- you hope there's just a little bit of a different layer of experience there that hopefully mm-hmm. gets them over the hump that like like I said, was growing pains when it came to Cam Jurgens stepping in um, initially when he came into that role, but he did do a good job of growing in that role. But I think, you know, you really are not in a position if you're Scott Frost right now to have those growing pains. You need the person who's going to be in that position to be pretty dialed in. So can Hickson, you know, can he, can he be that guy? Can he step up and, you know, not Mm -hmm. have a ton of errors? That's going to be the key. And I've said that for a long time now with the, with the O-line. It's about the errors. we got to get those mm-hmm. those cleaned up. Redcasters, I'm a broken record. You know, we had two back-to-back pre-snap penalties against Oklahoma before we even had our first snap. We had four offensive line penalties in the first half. Northwestern in 2020, all five offensive linemen had a penalty on them. So and they, <laughs> they have that ready every time I start going into this. But it, it, it is the truth. The O-line. It, all caps. It, it's not just a, a it's not just a physicality thing. The O line has has just been mistake prone the last few years, and that as much as anything needs to get fixed. Um, Boomer, before we go into our parting shots, because this has gone an hour and forty five, which is awesome. Uh, Aaron, I can't tell you how happy we are that we've had this much time. You've talked about this was a long day. You've been you've been grinding just like that. The players have, you know, with all the camp is is long and hard for everybody. You know, the 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 people covering the team and the team going through it. So thank you so much for all this time tonight. But before we get to parting shots, Boomer. Uh, did we have any other, you know, questions? Uh, one, one last question, if you can find one that would. Uh, let's see, one last one. Let's go with this. Uh, how many wins will it take for donkeys to have the last laugh in twenty two? <laughs> so. This is for anyone on. If you're not on Twitter, you might not understand the donkeys thing. But uh, 
Uh, yeah, we have a Husker donkey nation. I don't quite understand it, but <laughs> sometimes I choose just not to understand, and I just let what is be. <laughs> I get to be I, red I like cast that donkey life. one yeah, day. I get to be redcast donkey one day a year. One day or redcast donkey day. Well, let's go to our parting shots, and and traditionally parting shots. Um, uh, our guests will always have the last one, and you will, Aaron. But before mm. we do, I do want to highlight one thing that we didn't mention uh, earlier. And let me see if I can find it here. Um, this is a show that you did, and I want to highlight this because it was an excellent show. It was, um, it was a Title Nine, and let me fifty years in the making. Fifty years in the making. Gosh, I'm trying to look at my notes there. Um, and you know, you had a, a great. Well, here on this tweet here, you are courtside with Holly Rowe. And during the show itself, which was on uh, Nebraska Public Media, you had Carol Frost, Brenda Van Lagen, uh, Peaches James Keaton, Jordan Larson on there. And you had a, a panelist a discussion going there. Um, really excellent show. Well done on it. Uh, we want to give you kudos for that, I guess. But what was that like to put that together? And, and uh, that had to be a labor of love and a lot of time put into getting that one done. Yeah, I mean, it started just in January, July 2021 with kind of an idea. Uh, Nebraska Public Media had reached out to me and said, hey, we're thinking about doing this show for Title IX to celebrate. Uh, kind of, you know, big dreams would be to have Carol Frost, Jordan Larson, Peaches James Keaton, Brenda Van Lingen, um, all of these different people as a part of it. But then we'd like to build the show out into other things. And so um, to other features. And the very first thing I did was a call, I called Carol Frost and basically asked if she would be interested. She did not hesitate. She was 100% on board and it just kind of went from there. And as we were getting the features together, they were like, what, you know, what story would you want to tell if you could tell any story? And I was like, you know, this is kind of a wild idea, but like, if we can make it happen, I would love to go to Oregon and talk to Sedona Prince because I think she's an, is a fundamental person in talking about the evolution of women's sports just in the last couple of years, but also in taking it into the future. And uh, we were able to go out to Oregon, sit down with Sedona Prince, but that also then turned into us going to Minneapolis for the women's final four. Um, it was just a phenomenal experience. I also got to uh, witness the very first girls state wrestling for Nebraska and Reagan Galloway, who's an incredible wrestler here in the state, got to talk to her do the voiceover for that feature. So for me, it was just a really impactful um, moment in my career. I got to be around a lot of really impressive people. And I think it really kind of revitalized me in some ways for like mm -hmm. why I do what I do. Um, but I'm just very fortunate that they kind of just let me go along for that ride. Right. It was awesome. I mean, has that been picked up nationally? I, it was done by Nebraska public media, but I mean, that is, uh, you know, from a national audience that, that is a story that needs to be told. Um, I'm not sure if it has, but I know at some point that they were going to, um, you know, obviously Nebraska public media being a part of PBS, they have the mm. um, NPR affiliate. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see pieces of it um, end up on NPR, but I have heard from people across the country who've talked with me about um, watching it. So it's pretty cool that, you know, it mm. has reached beyond Nebraska and it can stream. So for anybody who, mm is outside of the state or in the state who missed it, uh, just head to Nebraska Public Media's website and you can catch mm -hmm. it there. It's streaming now both on Facebook and on their website. 
we will put a link in the description on this show too to it as well. I, I saw it on YouTube earlier today, even so. Oh, also YouTube. Yep, they've mm -hmm. got it everywhere. <laughs> yep. So just excellent work. We just we want to make sure we say that. Well, let's go around the room, and we're going to finish with Aaron. You get the final parting shot, but uh, Rob, we'll start with you. Um, I just want to thank Aaron for coming on the show today, and I know that her and I have emailed back and forth a bunch in the past. I didn't realize you were getting married. Once I did, I completely backed off because I'm like, there is absolutely no reason why I need to be asking her to come on a podcast when I know she's trying to plan a wedding. So, um, you know, I'm ex more than I, I think out of everybody on the Redcast, I might have been the most excited because I will say this is that I admire you so much as far as um, being a woman in sports. Um, I think that, you know, if none of the guys that, that listen to the show or if any of the guys that listen to the show have not. Uh, listen to Mind Your Own, her podcast on Her Dad. Her and Sasha do a great job of saying the things that need to be said about uh, uh, about men from a woman's perspective and how we need to treat women in sports in general and and their basically their their word what they have to say about it all. Um, you are an excellent role model for my two daughters. My wife is a great role model for him, but if, it, if I had to pick anybody outside of it, it would be you. I'm not saying that to patronize you. I absolutely mean it 125%. So I just, I look up to you in that way and I totally respect you for it. And that's why I listen to your podcast. And that's why I follow you on everything along in social media. And thank you for being here. I appreciate that. I, uh, have to tell you, I'm really bad at taking compliments. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, this is hard for me. I'm like, I, I'm really bad at I recently spoke to a Kiwanis club in Lincoln and they were like, we're going to sing to you. And I was like, I can't even have happy birthday sung to me without being like. <laughs> so I've, I've, I'm learning to take compliments. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, and, sure? I mean, and I mean it. It, it is 100 percent sincere. Uh, and Rob means it because he, he said on he said on other shows, but we did we did a Husker show back in April. Yes. And I guarantee you that, you know, if not all of them, at least, you know, a good chunk of them are probably watching right now, too. And they had a lot of the same statements. We wanted to make a point, And this is just period. It's like we wanted to have you on the show, but we didn't want to have you on the show to talk about, you know, uh, gender things. We wanted to have you on to talk about football because that's what you do a really good job of covering. And you so, did a goddamn I, good job of that. You did, you did really <laughs> and then I tried. And then, at the very end here, that's right. I did want to ask the question that, that I asked at the end about the what the show you put on. But, you know, that's the thing. I mean, this was a the, this is as good of a football talk as we've had. Boomer. Thank you. Yeah. OK, well, I'll, I'll keep it a little lighter than that, I guess. Um, <laughs> just uh, During the show, I just got the idea for maybe some future programming. So currently, Redcasters, we got a poll going out on Twitter. So flash poll. If you want to hear Aaron Sorensen and Redcast Rob talk with Redcast <laughs> Conky about uh, Star Wars and comics, please vote. Uh, it's pretty close right now. The the no I eight fun is everyone who's leading. voting no is a hater. Exactly, but you'll be you'll be proud to know I'm I'm responsible for counting the mail in ballots we received earlier. So I'll announce the full results. You know, maybe on next week's show, and we can probably set something up. So that was my Venom bank, but I just wanted to show you my Funko Pop is Baby Yoda. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Still boxed, Rob. Very nice. It's still yeah. boxed. Absolutely. Yeah. It loses its value otherwise. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Nerd alert. Okay. Yep. And on that note. Yep. Yeah. Is that it for you, Boomer? That's you all I got. Yeah. I'll, I'll be counting ballots for weeks now. So. Okay. Well, I, I have two parting shots. Um, first one is uh, we have a, a tweet from last week. Jeffrey the Greek. Uh, he said, hey, Redcast Red Rob, definitely not scared. We'll see you on Black Friday. And that's in reference to uh, – 
uh, Rob last week uh, saying saying to Jeffrey DeGreek, who's a former uh, Iowa player, that uh, they are clearly scared to play us after beating us seven straight times. And uh, <laughs> there's a little more. There's there, a little more. Uh, well, we can background get to, that. to that, right? We can like, get to the next show, Rob. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other one here, and I, I had to throw this uh, skull and crossbones here. A couple of ex black shirts just making some news. One of them is a, a broken record, but undrafted linebacker Jojo Doman again making his presence felt with the Colts. Rob, you could have said that about three months ago when we were interviewing Jojo and his dad Craig. Uh, this is something that you know. There's a lot of teams that invest on Jojo, and it's good to see what he's doing. And the other one is uh, just it kind of got you know in passing, but uh, Ed Stewart, uh, welcome to the Trojan family, uh, former Husker. He uh, joined uh, the leadership team as executive senior associate athletic director for football administration. Some of these titles are just ridiculously long, but that's a former Husker now that's in leadership at a fellow future Big Ten school coming in here with USC. So congratulations to uh, Ted Stewart. Aaron, take us out of here. Well, first, I this is for um, all of my this. I have to just show this because I've showed you all of my like Marvel Funko Pops. But for anybody who uh, grew up in like the 80s, 90s, I do have a Polly Pocket Funko Pop, which uh, any any woman who's watching this will, if like I said, will know. And this is the greatest find I have ever made. So, um, no, I really appreciate you having me on and uh, letting me talk your ear off for as long as uh, we did. Uh I do just have to say, like, my my final shot would just be to everyone listening, but to anyone who does listen, but also just, you know, I think oftentimes, and I watch this sometimes take place on Twitter, there's kind of this uh, back and forth between the media and fans and um, what the media is or is not doing and all of that. And, like, I'm not here to defend or deny or anything for anyone. But I do just want to say, and I can't speak for any everyone, but I can speak for myself, that while I am not a Nebraska fan, I am a fan of people. And I am a fan of wanting to see people succeed and do well. And um, winning is fun. And uh, winning teams are fun to cover. And I would love for, I would love to cover a winning team. It would be uh, no greater joy <laughs> than being able to cover a, a team that makes people proud. Um, I think, you know, just for anyone who is maybe like, what are my, what are my goals? What do I hope to accomplish? I just hope to tell really good stories about people and I hope to be fair and I hope to be respectful and I hope to be honest. It's one of those things where um, I do lean toward positivity because it's just my nature, but I, I like what you're talking about on this podcast. Sometimes like things are like even just in explaining who Casey Thompson is as a person, somebody might listen to that and view it as negative, but it's like, it's mm. not, it's just explaining who he is. So I think my whole point with all of that is to just say that like, we are all ultimately have this, <laughs> we're all ultimately on the same team in the sense that we have the same goals. Like, um, I want to provide the best possible coverage for Nebraska fans. So that way you feel like you walk away knowing more or having a deeper understanding or a better understanding of your favorite players, your favorite coaches, your team. And we may not always agree on the access and what is provided or the lack of it or whatever else the case is. But I just hope that people know that like at the end of the day, speaking at least for myself, it always comes from a place of, I want to just provide the best coverage that I can that doesn't mean I will be perfect, but I do appreciate the people who give me the grace to exist in this space and um, know that, you know, it, it's it's not always 
it's not easy to be a fan. It's not always easy to be a member of the media, but at the end of the day, like I would say like we all would love to cover a, a winning team or be a part of a winning team in some degree. So, Hey, it's the, I will end with that. Like uh, we're all in this together song. <laughs> Steven, Steven, I am a member of the media. He comes to our YouTube channel quite a bit and talks with mm. us. Um, in fact, Steven, I'm going to address you really quickly directly because I think that this is beneficial for everyone. Just because I am not a Nebraska fan, again, does not mean I don't support the people, but I encourage you to go. I recently did a podcast um, and I it's out on my Twitter. I would also encourage you to go listen to it where I talk about um, just my... I don't know, just like my my upbringing of I grew up in Nebraska. My grandfather was a huge Husker fan. So like Nebraska is definitely something like in my life. I just really enjoy covering the team now. And to do that, well, I have to be as impartial as I can be. Um, but again, I still really root for the people. And I just appreciate, like I could ramble for hours. I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to be where I am and it wouldn't be possible without fans who read and support and everything. So like, Mm. basically thank you for giving me this space to exist. And thank you for you for giving me the space to be a part of this podcast. Um, I really appreciate it for the people who are saying congratulations on me getting married. My poor husband is probably like, I am ready to go to bed. Um, but my closet is also my office, which is in our, like, which is in our master, like our primary bedroom, whatever. Um, so long story short, I am literally preventing my family from going to bed right now. <laughs> well, well, we are biased here towards Hale Varsity, but I think I think Hale Varsity is producing some of the best quality content out there. We've had Mike Babcock on our show a couple weeks ago, did a two-hour long, very reminiscent of this two-hour long Nebraska, Oklahoma history She's one. Awesome. We've, we've had, you know, Brandon Vogel on just some great writers, some great, you know, uh, sports people that are just, they're covering this and, and I think it's some of the, the most fair coverage. And so uh, I agree with everything you said there. So who, who's your team, Aaron? I, I got to know. No, okay. I got to know. Okay. So who do I cheer for? Yeah. Um, In college sports, I don't really have like a college football team. Like, honestly, okay. um, I'm just like, I like college football games. I am a Kansas city chiefs fan. Um, I have been since, 2007 my best friend in college uh her family is from uh the kansas city area and she's like you have to come to games with me and i was like why does this woman hate me um mm. um but yeah she took me to games like in like 2007 through like 2010 i'm like why does she hate me so much um but now my husband is a kansas city fan as well so it works out and then when I was, I'm, I don't really have an NBA team, but Greg Smith constantly tries to get me to be a Lakers fan. Um, yeah, haven't jumped it. on that bandwagon you yet. You can be a Warriors fan with me, and 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 because I'm not a bandwagon, I've I've been a Warriors fan my entire my entire life. So you can just be on with me, and we'll just call you family, and then you yeah. can get away with it. There you Perfect. Go. Okay. Perfect. I mean, we are heard out family technically, right? So although, yeah. like, look. I do love a good bandwagon. I am like, I have no issues with bandwagons. Like, honestly, um, why do we force people off of cheering for teams when they start doing well? Like, if if Nebraska turns this thing around at some point and does well, I'm going to be like, hey, everyone hop on the bandwagon now. There will be people who will say, no, I've been here forever. I should get this. 
we are not you don't need to gatekeep this stuff bring mm. people on everyone on board let's <laughs> and, go and, and you know what and if you're a, if you're a business and and are looking for some advertising in nebraska you can go to hail varsity you can pay for advertising there if you're tired of paying for subscriptions advertise i heard you say this on one of your shows the other day i'm in advertising that's what i do i work for a newspaper and let me tell you 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 don't want to pay for content that's awesome get your friends your businesses um, your friends' businesses, any business you know, and tell them to advertise with us, and we'll stop charging you for content because then we'll be actually making some money. So, there. Look, we could spend a whole separate episode just talking about the worst thing that ever happened was the internet uh, giving everything away for free. And I'm not mm-hmm. just talking with subscriptions, but also lack of advertising. So you are right. You are welcome to. We'd also love to have you as a subscriber. You can get you can get ten dollars off your subscription with the Use Redcast at checkout. Yes. And the volleyball issue is going to head to the printer in a matter of days. So make sure that you go get subscribed so you get that. And see the uh, Redcast ad in the in Hale Varsity magazine. I wrote the cover story for it. I'm very excited for people to see it. It's going to be Can't wait great. to read it. Can't wait to read it. I get it in the mail. So you're also going to all really enjoy the Q&A. So get excited. Cool. I'm, I look forward to it. It's like my, it's like the only magazine I still read that's not a comic book. So I love it. I love it. Well, all right. Well, Redcasters, thank you so much for, I can't, we've had a, just a ton of comments. We had a lot of people following along. This was probably as many as we've had for any one of our live shows. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you so much. Two hours after a long day, you tomorrow's a day off. You deserve the rest. Earn it. Enjoy the day off. And uh, for the rest of the guys, that was another Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. GBR. Huda Media Production.